posers. Anarchy in UK. Fuck's that? What good is that to those of us in Utah, America? It was a sex pistol thing, right? They were from England, they were British. That's what they did. They were allowed to go on about anarchy in the UK. You don't live your life by lyrics. I mean, that's all you ever heard from these trendy fucks. Like, uh, do you hear the new Smiths album? It's fucking terrific. Kids walking around Utah saying terrific, that stupid little English twang. See what I mean? What the fuck's up with the England bullshit? Man, you're a girl, right? Only have sex with a guy if you had a fucking accent. Can you think of anything more ludicrous in your life? It's every asshole in Salt Lake City. Let me tell you, plenty of assholes in this general region that want to do a little of this. We'll get her drunk, put on some kind of stupid fucking accent, like, hey, hey, mistress, do you fancy a shag? There she would, fucking knees in the sky. It was sad. It made me really sad. Poor girl had no self-respect. See, to me, England was nothing more than a big fucking American state, like, uh, like North Dakota or Canada. You gotta look at me and you gotta say, hey, buddy, why are you so mad? I'll tell you. Because for all the falling that went over the English bands in the SLC, those fucking English chaps could only say shit about us Americans. All we were to them was a bunch of hicks. Well, you know what? I'm not a fucking hick. I don't wear cowboy boots. I hate the fucking rodeo. Horses smell like shit to me. And I never fuck anyone in my own bloodline. By definition, I'm not a redneck and goddamn it, I ain't a fucking hick. Like, it's, like, one of the few movies I can remember watching in, like, a good amount of time that, like, you don't sympathize with any of the fucking characters. None. Like, None. Every, single, every single one of them, you're just like, oh, yeah, you're kind of a fucking dickhead, huh? And you just, like, move on from there. That, and there's, like, there's no there's no plot buildup whatsoever. It's just, like, yeah. oh, like, it's, like, Heroin Bob looking like Vampiro from WCW, like, narrating and saying, oh, well, we had a kid, and uh, here's him driving. It, well, yeah, and it's like we didn't actually have enough money to money to like develop the whole fucking plot out. So like, right. here's the entire plot of the fucking movie, like as described by like the one dead like protagonist. Like, have fun. Jesus, you, you know, like, how do you have a sequel with like almost no mention of Steve-O whatsoever? Okay, like, yeah, the fucking oh my god, the mod kid gets into death metal and he has a bigger part than Steve-O. Yeah, Randy Wait, the, mod, the mod kid from the first one that like uh, yeah. is friends with uh, the yeah. diplomat. Yeah, Randy Quaid's a well, uh, kid that uh, from uh, in, in Independence Day. That's the only thing I knew him from. What the like, fuck? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and then like the other part about it too is like, did you did you like the part where it was? Uh, yeah, and some folks stuck around. Like uh like you know, the like the mod kid who uh immediately moved to Norway so he didn't stick around, but uh then he like <laughs> like decided to come back and like and like don't get me wrong, I've only ever been to Utah twice in my entire life. And You're like in, much. literally in passing. Like one time just drove through, the other time I only stayed there because I broke down. And like I have to say, <laughs> like, I don't think that there's probably and like I don't think there's a great like market for like running a like Norwegian like anti-Christian Norwegian black metal shop in like Salt Lake City. Like well, that to is, me seems the... like a like how are you gonna get a fucking small business loan for that shit? Like that <laughs> seems like a poor poor fucking plan. Like well, the thing is that that made me so mad, and I mentioned it in our little Slack channel was there is a really iconic store on State Street in Salt Lake called the Hebel Heavy Metal Shop. All right. And like, like that is a like lot an of, actual thing. Yeah, yeah and it's, it's been there for like, thing. and it's, it's been, been there, forever. there forever. Like the 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 owner, I know he's got another job, and it's just like he supplements and he keeps it open just to like 
just to fuck with people. Alive. Yeah, just to like kind of like a vague troll. Well, yeah, okay, exactly. We 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 have some ground to, to talk there specifically about the counterculture scene and like um but yeah the heavy metal shop opened in 1987 and it's been there ever since um and they were actually I think it almost closed down over the last couple oh, wait, of years and uh yeah it's it's still it's still alive alive and thriving yeah it's been there forever yeah it has wow. I mean as I long did... as we're gonna do this I mean you know it's... oh for hell's sakes we can't match like come on man. <laughs> hell yeah oh, we're not all wearing matching tracksuits i thought that was like the thing that we were doing oh god damn it hold on <laughs> i was gonna say do i need to go and get my tracksuit on all right give me two minutes <laughs> our, our, we're going full I, I guess we're we going are. gopnik yeah we're going gopnik here that's awesome i am a trendsetter for the first time in my life <laughs> oh man I like the first yep. one. Yeah, no, I mean the first one's a fucking classic. Yeah, like it's a you know, all right, good, all right, we're we're we're, we're three quarters of the way there now. We, That's you know, right. We, we're good. Yeah, the first one was great. Uh, the, it took some time for me to grow into it because I think I was like messaging these guys I was watching too. I was like, I hate all these people. Like, like yeah. Stevo and Harrow and Bob. Like, I hate both these people. And then like by the end of it, too, I was like, I like these guys. It's, it's a wow. good movie. It, it it is a good movie. The second one is the complete opposite of it, and holy shit, we're all wearing tracksuits now. Wow. That's right. Yeah, no, we're good. We're like, yeah, I mean, this is like, hey, you know, to the first very clear and uh, unassailable dudes rock moment of 2021. Yeah. I, I think we've, I think we've reached it, and uh, I'm Harry, proud do of you all have, of us. Uh, liquid IV in that cup or what? This is a little bit of lime juice, a little bit of seltzer, and a lot of mezcal. Gotcha. Nice. Okay. Oh yeah. So he's been inducted. He knows. We got to teach him about the Frescal then. What's we, the Frescal? The Frescal was Fre the official Fresca? drink of summer. Yeah, summer 2020. It's a little bit of lime juice, uh, some Fresca, some mezcal, a lot of ice. Oh God. Mm. One of the I did a I did an episode on that where I drank like probably a couple pints of it on. Greg was while we fucking were recording. tanked by and the I was, end of that episode. Yeah, that yeah. was the worst. Thing. That is single-handedly the worst hangover I've had of my 30s. Yeah, that was the one where my fiance asked, is Greg okay? <laughs> wait, was that, oh, wait, was that the one where we recorded with her? No, 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 no. Okay. I was sober for that. And like, that would have, like, there's no amount of alcohol that would have shielded me from that episode. Yeah, that one yeah. was just rough. That one was energy. tough. We couldn't, yeah. Um, yeah, that that, that it was, was so bad. We but couldn't one of record like my, like we couldn't release it. <laughs> I know. Yeah, one of my fondest memories of this last summer, like during the, uh, I mean, we're still in the height of the pandemic, but through the summer, we would just do like little Friday nights, socially yeah. distanced, hang out on Greg's front lawn, uh, and this. Oh man, and uh, Lindsay brought those Al Pastor tacos. We had the yes. Frescals going around, dude. That was the wait. That was for your birthday, wasn't it? It was. It was yeah. Nice. <laughs> Hell yeah. That was, dude, that ripped. I love You know that 2020 that. is a fucking shit year when, like, the highlight of our summer is eating Al Pastor tacos on my front lawn. Dude, that was, I as think, great very as fondly Al about Al that Al Pastor moment. tacos are. I'm a huge, huge Those are incredible I, tacos. I would I mean, never besmirch uh, I'm actually about to drive uh, uh, back cross-country again here in, like, another couple of weeks. So I'm actually, I was actually already planning on having Al Pastor tacos on your lawn. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that that's not okay. really weird. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. it's like when that's I, the move. Just like when I show up, you know. My DMs are open. I got a spot. It's really close. <laughs> Dude. It's kind of, like, become my cheers. 
<laughs> That's right. That just actually that closed down. That uh oh did it? They they closed down the fucking Cheers bar oh, in Boston damn. because like we got a uh, Cheers bar in Salt Lake. So we got Cheers really? to you. I didn't know it was a franchise. I thought there no, was just it, like the it's one. N- it's not. It's called Cheers to you, and they like kind of. Oh, uh, right. Some people pretend like it's the Cheers bar. It's not. That Fuck was like thing. that was my go-to when I was like working restaurant. Cheers to hour. you. Like yeah, like that was the spot that we would all go to afterwards, and like I thought I knew how to rage until like I actually started working in the restaurant industry dude i got yeah. my shit kicked and down a, that, that walk is once. that is a totally different level of raging that i was not <laughs> accustomed to dude there's like some do you remember when shogun was on that block that sushi yes. restaurant oh yeah we got into like a brawl in the street right in front of in front of shogun <laughs> and i got my head thrown into a brick wall right like right next to cheers <laughs> cheers oh, to you so i always think about that when i uh so which one of the subgroups from uh, slc punk did that to you Dude, it was like some <laughs> roided up like baseball bros. It was uh okay, it, yeah, that'll yeah. happen. That sounds it like was, rednecks. So he, well, yeah, he yeah, was yeah, like I was we'll I was I think I was set I was 17 or 18 and he was like in his like he had like dad strength and I just he yeah. just waved to my ass right no, now. That's a dude who grew up bailing hay. Fucking Jaden Tatum and Caden kicked the shit out of you. Dude, it sucked. I well, yeah, I was a I was a literal child, and fucking Knightley's dad just wrecked my shit. So we uh. used to play we used to play Uinta in Union in football every year, which is like right in the middle of like BFE Utah. Like yeah, yeah, two and a half three hours from Salt Lake, and it was all kids who grew up on farms. And every single year, we would just get our dicks kicked in by kids <laughs> who like grew up. Like wrangling bulls, yeah, yeah. Those uh, yep. those uh, hay baling kids are the worst. I am one of those too, so that's fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> I ended up in uh, was it Fillmore? At, oh yep. yeah, oh you poor. Did your bastard. car break down in Fillmore? My my well, because I was I was trying to go. I was driving cross country, and so I was I was trying to get on fifty to get out to because I have a really uh, one of my best friends lives in Reno. And oh, like, yeah. there's no oh. other fucking road to take. So like, it was essentially like I had to take fucking 50 and about like five miles into it, I blew my fucking water pump. Oh, and so, like, oh. and so like I get out and I like, I even like, I had like some, uh, some, uh, water in the car and I just like poured it into the fucking reservoir and it just all streamed out the bottom. I was like, cool. Well, not fixing this. And, uh, the guy who picked me up was actually like, so funnily enough, actually like the greatest place to break break down, like the the shop there that has the AAA contract has like a four star rating, and they just like because I guess like so many people fucking break down there yeah. in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yep. And uh, but when the guy picked me up, who was the owner of the shop, he was there and he was like, he was literally expecting the birth of his ninth kid the next day, oh, and I was like, ah, oh, cool, I'm in Utah. <laughs> yes, like I, I fucking That's made an incredibly it. Incredibly like, you know, on brand moment. Like here I am. He was like, oh yeah, I'll drop you off at the one hotel in town, and then yep. like I went there and like the one restaurant in town was in like what probably used to be the pool in like the center of like the motor lodge, but like they had like <laughs> paved it over and it was only like a, it was like a restaurant now, and so I walked in and like there I am with like you know just like I don't know tattooed like just like in a bad fucking mood and they're like sit down and like everyone is like scandalized because they didn't wait for the server to like let me sit at the fucking table at like the whatever fucking diner 
And then like, I was like, I don't know. I know I'm ordering food and I don't know a lot about Utah, but at least I know that if I'm ordering food, I can also order a drink. That's right. And so like, and so I was like, all right, can I get a fucking gin and tonic? And they bring it out to me in this like fucking shot glass. And I was like, what the fuck bullshit is this? Like, <laughs> this is like the worst. This is like, and it was like mostly water. I was like, this is like the worst fucking thing. Like, Oh Listen, my God! I can only interpret this as uh, anti-Irish racism. I'm upset. You know, like you saw my Massachusetts license plates, and you've decided to discriminate against a Papist. And I'm, I'm, I'm frankly, I'm, I'm pissed off about it, and I'm, I'm not going to take it anymore. You, they go back to the BYU Notre Dame rivalry of like the early nineties. Oh my God. Well, then I went back to my fucking hotel room with my dog and I like drank an entire case of beer, but it's the fucking three, two beers. So like, Hell yeah. then I was still sober. Uh, uh, so th- they make so th- a good comment about that in uh yeah in, in this fun yeah movie. the whole like alcohol laws in utah are like a huge plot point of slc punk so that's actually yeah, perfect. should we speaking like, of which should we kick things off yeah, yeah. yeah. like yeah, formally yeah. start yeah. the shit also fillmore uh was originally the uh capital of the territory of uh when utah was a territory do you know that because they it was like right it's right in the middle of the state and they were like those fucking geniuses were like it'll be good to have the capital right in the middle yeah, I mean, I think they also did the same thing in Connecticut, which is how we got Hartford, and that was also a mistake. Yeah, um, I'm glad Hartford they gave up terrible. on this one a bit. Yeah, quicker. if you've if you've ever gone to Hartford before, I don't recommend it. It's known as America's filing cabinet. Yeah, uh, it's a terrible, because, terrible city. Like, yeah, well, and like one of my uh, really good friends is uh, was an organizer there for a while with uh, Fight for Fifteen, and. Uh, she was, you know, like all the workers used to give her shit because she was the only white lady left in Hartford, like after five o'clock on a Friday, because like all the white people just like, because you know, like what what a lot of people don't realize about Connecticut in particular is it's like wicked fucking, uh, like you know, just segregated. Yeah. To the extent that like you know, there's like the lily white communities, and then there's like the few communities that like where any people of color live, and it's like fucking terrible. I mean, once the whalers left, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to uh, your original Utah, Connecticut podcast. Um, <laughs> we're talking. What, we're talking what is Utah? What, I mean, I know like Connecticut's the nutmeg state. What's what's we're the Utah? beehive state? We're the, so yeah. we're the so it's the the nutmeg beehive podcast. That's right. Yeah. The, we the fun, like we're all working together in this big beehive, but like also you don't work together because fuck everyone else. But also we're the beehive state, so we work together and we care about each other. But also that's. That's you have no, issue. we just privatized all the beehives. Everyone feeds there? the queen and you die. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay. Except, anyway. Except for the queen in this case is Spencer Cox, who was really Fuck a human guy. testicle. Dude. Out of the Cox thinking. Out of the Cox thinking. So <laughs> like like I said, like in our chat, like as somebody who's made a decent living as a copywriter, we need to round up all copywriters. And put them in a fucking internment camp. Dude, I just hope Spencer Cox enjoyed jerking off to that poem commercial like he did during the inauguration as well, because that was like probably <laughs> the best day of his entire life. Um, all right, Brigham Young Money, we're here fresh after the uh, America's number one event, the Super Bowl. Um, the we Super got... Spreader Bowl. It's just, it's just good to see a guy from the Patriots go to Florida to score who's not Robert Kraft. So That's right. Hey. Hey. Nice. Hey. nice, 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 bow, nice. Bow, bow. Yeah. So look at that topical humor. Guys, I had like I realized I don't really watch commercials very often. And like when I watched like TV, I, I just don't see commercials often. And 
it was just felt so grotesque this year. Like it was just like this the was most... the most fucked up Super Bowl I have ever watched. <laughs> it was in so my life. disgusting. Oh, like, like I said, man, put copywriters in a gulag, all of them. <laughs> oh no, not just the ads though, too. Like even just like the presentation at the very beginning too, where you had yeah, like, they didn't like Joe. So I didn't. So full disclosure, I didn't watch any of the fucking thing. I've been nice. watching all of the. Uh, all of the football related King of the Hill episodes for like the last like couple hours, uh, because that felt like a more pure experience that I wasn't going to hate myself it, about afterwards. It really was. Yeah. And, uh, but I heard like, uh, was it Biden? Like, didn't he like address the stadium? And then there was like a flyover of like every fucking B bomber that there fucking is. And like, yeah, it was extra troopy yeah. this year, which was yeah. just yeah, really was, got the finger on the pulse. There was something so very like, myopic about first having a moment of silence for all the dead from a pandemic while it's still going on for With a pack 25,000 people in the stands oh yeah, yeah I mean, 25,000 people yeah i believe that but Holy but shit. a big a big chunk of those were healthcare workers so great they which, which, which seems hospital. like a i mean which seems yeah it seems like a great choice you know like uh <laughs> I mean, it'd be like, you know, if uh, halfway through 9-11, like in between the first and second towers falling, you just had like, you know, Rudy Giuliani out there leading the Pledge of Allegiance on like a fucking, you know, on like a small mound of rubble. Like, we'd what like, the fuck is that? We'd like, like to recognize all the people who died in the first But it tower. actually, that makes sense because if you've ever looked at Rudy Giuliani's bottom row of teeth, they kind of look like the towers after they went down. Oh, my God. Oh, Yikes. Okay. All right. So we're not talking about Super Bowl or Rudy Giuliani this episode. Oh, my God. Especially not now. And uh, we've got our friend, Carrie Shockey, joining us. Carrie, say hello to the people. Uh, how are we today? I mean, you know, That's I'm joining you good. here from, uh, joining very... here from God's country uh, out here in the uh, the city on the hill out here in Massachusetts. Uh, nice. Here Nicely to, you know, done. proselytize the uh, the greater glory of the Commonwealth to uh, all of you heathens in uh, every other time zone. Uh, normally, I fly over you. Sometimes I drive through you. But uh, <laughs> either way, it's uh, never a good experience. And uh, oh but God. I'm here anyway. Okay. In breaking in breaking news, we're all Catholic now. Uh, he, yeah. yeah, I mean, I hate to say it. I, you know, I'm. Plus, I, I did really just wanted to, uh, you know, everyone's always trying to, like, threaten to make me watch Boston-related movies. So I thought I would, turn you know, turn about as fair a plan. I'd find a bunch of people from Utah and make them watch a Utah-related movie. <laughs> I mean, and that's exactly what we've done. And we've watched uh, the movie Church Ball, actually. And we're going to be talking about <laughs> Church Ball this evening. We've Gary actually Coleman and every... Clint Howard were great in Church Ball. <laughs> that's right. We've watched every single season of South Park, and we're here to relate them all to you. <laughs> that's right. You poor mother fuckers wait i thought you all you all, what the fuck you guys all told me we were watching the sandlot for the 78 oh that's a good one i mean that is like the extent of like utah movies let's see here we got like the sandlot napoleon dynamite slc punk and like a bunch of racist like western movies that's about it there was yeah that, uh, there was that, John, that there was that bon jovi music video where like he burned down moab and like got kicked out of the state i was gonna yeah. say also like uh is uh Trying to think here. I mean, is Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid? Does yeah. that technically oh, count yeah, as a Utah yeah, yeah. movie? That's yeah. a Utah I mean, that's movie. like a. I mean, you got Paul that's, Newman. That's a solid movie. You got that, Robert that Redford. You know, movie. I mean, that's you know. Yeah. Uh, what about see, um, we got 127 hours? Got James Franco sawing his fucking arm off. Broken um, Arrow. Yeah. That's a classic. I was gonna say Broken Arrow because that's popped up, you know, recently on like uh, you know, HBO for like you yeah. know the last two decades. I could just yes. watch like the uh, fat last five minutes of that too, where just. John Travolta gets speared by a nuclear warhead like every single yeah. time. <laughs> was it Way of the Gun was uh 
was filmed here. I just remember that because there was like a sunset. Oh, and I saw, uh, and I there's saw like a scene like the from Pirates building. of the Caribbean where he's on the salt flats. Let's see, we got yeah. Mission Impossible 2 where he's like free climbing on a, uh, whatever. What about he's, uh, he's, van- Vanishing Point? I don't even know. What that's that's Vanishing Point. Point. That, that's, a, that, that's a real like car nerd movie. That's the one with uh, the dude from the 70s and a Dodge Challenger. Oh, yeah. He's, oh, like, yeah, running, yeah, 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 he's yeah. like running from the cops through the desert, like out to Nevada and shit. Yeah, they based that Audio Slave uh, music video off of that one too, like Show Me How to Live. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, okay. I'm going to leave that one to you. Yeah, that's so, a. You got, yeah, you got, you Barry, had, you got Barry like Newman Cleveland as like the DJ and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Who yeah, was it? What else? Raiders of the Lost Ark was filmed in Arches. Also, Legally Blonde was filmed in the Utah State House. Well, because the, the Ark of the Covenant is buried somewhere in Utah, right? I mean, that's yes. That's, well, that's course, why we yeah. always I assume that to be the basis of the Mormon all. Church. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, actually, yeah, no, it, this is Zion. In the episode I did with uh, Francis for like Hell of a Way, like we said that Missouri was the where like all the stuff was before like the flood hit. So it's probably there. Yeah, actually, we do. <laughs> our people do think it's it's uh, Jackson, Missouri. I'm pretty sure. Yep, Jackson County, Missouri. Jackson County. Sorry, I mean, not yeah, Jackson, I mean, the city. As, as we all know, the the prophesied land, Jackson County. Yep. <laughs> yeah, because everyone thinks like Kansas City is like the promised land. Yes. Yes, they do. Okay, so we. And as it turns out, not the case. Uh, we've <laughs> determined not. that tonight. Uh, turns out it's actually Tampa Bay, Florida. It really uh, is. So you know. Also, but uh, the weekend, decent performance. I got I got to hand it to the boy. Um, it but was today, a good weekend. It was a my, good weekend. I think my absolute favorite tweet of the night was the guy who said the Pepsi, Pepsi halftime show, but every song is about Coke. Yep, it, it absolutely <laughs> was. It absolutely was. Big night for Coke, for cocaine user representation. But definitely. like, if you're going to be in Florida, you kind of I mean, have to every, sing every about Super Bowl cocaine. is, if we're honest. That's, yeah, that's absolutely right. But we're here tonight. We're not talking about any of those other dog shit films. We're talking about the only good movie slc punk and we will also i'm gonna have those who did participate in watching the um incredibly dog shit sequel to this movie slc punk 2 slash what's the what's its other name punk's Uh, not punk is dead no Punk is dead. Punk is dead. Okay. So punk is dead. They really turn the paradigm that. around on you. You yeah. know, I mean, like normally it's punk's not dead, and they they, they really, really it's you know, counter counterculture. They're you know, That's I mean pretty cool. Conservatism it's, is the new punk. Uh I mean, I think we've all seen uh uh Prison Planet say that on several occasions. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I think we could all agree now, having seen that movie that uh punk Oh, is, and like it's also weird that like uh, there's like old older punk dudes who have just like completely fallen off and turned into um, like the dead Kennedys being like super mainstream liberal is like the funniest thing. Yeah. Um, and well, then, and then you who- have you have a uh, Cassandra Fairbanks. Yes. Uh, used uh. to be like was in the Boston hardcore scene back in the day, and uh, <laughs> he's like a she's a fucking piece of shit and but yeah you got like johnny rotten wearing like maca shirts johnny rotten that's yeah. right johnny rotten oh, yeah. God. Man. what a fucking loser okay well well we're here talking about slc punk uh i'm gonna I, I think we should go through this movie because this is the first time that um i'd seen it in quite some time this was like one of my favorite movies when i was in high school uh and i haven't seen it in years and jordan had never seen it before um our boy shocks apparently big fan i I presume i mean i you know it's just it's like one of those and like in particular like of a time growing up as like a a young shitbag punk in the suburbs where you know like it was really before like the internet was as much of a thing so like 
I don't know, like you didn't really get as you know i couldn't just like log on to like fucking even like fucking myspace or anything really and like get as much of like an idea of like totally. you know, there's like the five like punk kids that you knew and that was like essentially your entire exposure to like the punk scene and like unless i went down to like a show in boston or something so like this was kind of like a touch you know a cultural touchstone at the time because it was like something that you could actually just i don't know at like you know make it make your parents render from fucking blockbuster and watch it as like a, you know, as a fucking 12 year old and be like, Oh, I'm going to be cool one day. I'm going to be like yeah. those guys. And then like, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then I get to the other side of my twenties and I realize, huh, I was kind of fucked up a lot. Like those guys. <laughs> and you also like get toward the end of the movie and start like not paying attention. I liked the fun, cool shit when they were beating up Nazis. Yeah. Yeah. No, like that was yeah. cool. Oh, the, the part with the drug overdoses. I mean, that never happened. Cause it's not like we have an opioid crisis. Like I definitely, no. yeah. I definitely no. don't have any friends that have ever OD'd. Uh, so, you, know, just... you know, boys in the spirit of dudes rock. One of the reasons we all got together here today and why we're doing this podcast is because much like Steve-O and Heroin Bob, we hate our fucking dads. We really do. Uh, I, I mean, I thought we were going to say that we're all wearing tracksuits. Well, yeah. That, I mean, <laughs> that's, also... dude, that's that's dude rock. Our dude's rock moment number one. Yeah. Number two yeah. is we, we hate our dads. I mean, all four of us are wearing uh, Adidas tracksuits currently. That should yeah. probably be stated because I feel like that's important context for the rest of this episode. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> spoiler alert for like the end of the movie and all that, like Brandy's talk with Steve O was like, well, punks all wear a uniform. It should be fitting. We're all wearing a uniform. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I totally, I, uh, I did end up entirely selling out and becoming a lawyer. So, uh, you know, this movie really speaks to me in that way that, uh, it shows both my, uh, you know, the, the crescendo, you know, the rising action of my, uh, my twenties and then, uh, my eventual downfall into where I am now in my thirties. So, uh, you know, going great. Yeah, so Carrie, Carrie just, instead of watching this movie, just stared in a mirror for two hours instead. <laughs> so it's like a single tear, but it was just tequila. Uh, hey shocks. Come on, man. You didn't sell out. You bought in. That's yeah, right. Jesus, that That's fucking a, line haunts my fucking dreams. I, I, I think about that line all the time. So you, even though I hadn't seen this for, forever. So, I mean, the movie starts out, we get um, our, our narrator, Steve-O, uh, and of course played by Matthew Lillard and um, really good in this movie. I, I got to say, uh, his performance holds up. I like him. I'm like, I like him as a punk. Um, the movie starts out and he's basically just like, you know, ever since I can remember, I hated rednecks and I fucking hate rednecks. <laughs> and the movie starts out with him and his best friend bashing rednecks because rednecks are... Uh, are a personification of America and fuck America because they are anarchist punks. They hate quote the system and they're <laughs> just here to fuck shit up, I guess. And they, and the movie starts out like on, on a, there's this famous street in, in Salt Lake uh, Edgecombe drive. It's up, uh, it's up behind the Capitol building. And so we get a pretty backdrop. We see the city and we see them beat the shit out of uh, some rednecks. And I'm pretty sure uh, Heroin Bob's T-shirt, um, one of the two main characters, Heroin Bob, he's just wearing a, like a T-shirt that in Sharpie just says like, fuck the system on it, which yes. is so funny. <laughs> which also like makes you think to like back to an era of like doing punk shit where like, once again, you couldn't just like order shit offline and get it shipped to you in like a couple days. So it was like, yeah, all right, I guess I'm just going to like, uh, I don't know spray paint something on my lawn johns and like go to the fucking show and call it a day like, <laughs> there was like, no like red bubble where people were yeah. like making designs it was just like was sharpie and tape and shit 
Um, so two main characters, we got heroin, Bob, we got Steve-O who narrates the entire movie. A, a, like three, four of this movie is basically just, uh, Steve-O introducing you to different people. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> in, in a good way, I, I, I like it. And so we also meet Jason Siegel's character, um, who is Mike. And, uh, we also meet, so we got Mike, Mark, heroin, Bob, and Steve-O. And there's a big a big part of this movie. So it takes I can't remember what year it takes place. Does it take place in ninety nine? Eighty five. Oh, it is eighty five. OK, yeah. yeah, there's anti Reagan shit everywhere. Yeah, a it lot is. of came, Reagan it, it, everywhere. It came out in ninety nine. That's right. I couldn't remember which yeah. one was which. Yeah. So tons of anti Reagan shit, um, which we love to see. Love to see that. But he talks about how hard it is to be an anarchist in in Salt Lake City. And it's hard to be a punk when, you know, everyone is either a poser um or something else but it's really just a few small punks in salt lake that are holding it down according to our narrator and uh he he talks about how heroin bob he's not a drug user at all um he's afraid of needles and we find out why soon but um he's basically just straight edge except he drinks beer i'm pretty sure is 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 what he's going for yeah he's really into booze and cigarettes he's into booze and cigarettes which i mean frankly sounds like most of the straight edge kids i ended up knowing in high school (laughs) yeah i mean uh, you know yeah i I like the straight edge part of salt lake i think it has some really interesting history but i guess it comes in a bit later like in the yeah we'll delve into that in a minute because there is there is some legend to the slc straight edge scene (laughs) yes there is and uh, yeah, so heroin Bob, he punches a mirror because he's uh, really uptight he, about shit. He, he's fucking intense, you know. He's, he's really just, intense, you know. and he hates mirrors. We this is a recurring thing. He hates <laughs> mirrors, and he punches a mirror, and he cuts his hand so bad, and he you know doesn't want to go to the doctor because he hates doctors too. So he just wraps a t-shirt around his hand, and it becomes so infected, it becomes like a literal. Um, a uh, health hazard to himself and those around him. And, and he 30, get- 35 years later, a half a million Americans are dead from COVID. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, this was-, was the first COVID case. Yeah, it was really amazing to see like someone in the state of Utah have an enforced quarantine. Yeah, I, I liked like the zoom in on like the quarantine sign. Like that was a nice touch. That like <laughs> yeah. hits a lot different now than it might have, you know, 10 years ago. In fact, if you actually zoom in, you can actually get a picture of George Bush with the mission accomplished sign. Oh my dude. It really was crazy to see the the quarantine thing. Yeah. So he gets put in forced quarantine. The the structure of this movie is funny because like it kind of cuts between like, you know, heroin Bob's he's in quarantine, but it's also it's flashing back to other different moments with heroin Bob as well. Um, yeah. So we 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 also, like I said, we meet Jason Siegel's character. His name is Mike. He's just this nerdy looking dude. He's rocking like super short hair, but like a nice little curly center parts. He's got glasses. He's wearing polos buttoned up and uh, he's just super nice. Like they're in the hospital, like where heroin Bob is like losing his shit on some doctors and like trying to fight his way out. And uh, Jason Siegel, he tries talking to um, a young a young girl just being nice to this little girl in the lobby. And her mom gets really pissed because, uh, you know, he's with a punk. He's with he's with Steve-O, who looks like I mean, he's got bright blue hair. He's he's trying hard to look like he's punk. And he is. And so um, let's see. So heroin Bob as, is unable to break out of the hospital. They end up getting a needle into his arm, get the prednisone in there so they can save his arm that looks like complete shit. And he has COVID. And so they got a quarantine. Dude, he's got Mitch McConnell hand. Dude, he does look like he has Mitch McConnell. Yeah. Hand. It's fucked up. It's fucked up. Um, 
so we also meet a, a, another character. His name is Sean, and he comes back later. But he um, he's he's the drug dealer, and he's he's selling acid to mods. And so in the time in the eighties, mods were obviously pretty big, and the mods are like one of the different tribes that exist in Salt Lake, uh, according to Stevo. And so they ask Sean, like, what what the fuck did you become a punk for? And Sean's like, mods are pussies, man. That shit is fucking dead. And so they like we get some beef between the punks. As like a as a brief aside, like I just and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I can only think it must be really fucking weird to try to be a mod in Salt Lake City just with like all the like the fucking like like Mormon missionaries and shit. Like you know, (laughs) it's a fine line. (laughs) Like hanging around, like wearing a fucking suit and just kind of like walking around is like not really going to be a distinctive fucking look in Salt Lake City, like it might be in other no. parts of the country. Yeah, absolutely not. They yeah, were like, the, the like in that visiting scene, center they like, were. Yeah, sorry, the, continue. The, the church visiting center at Temple Square is like their safe territory. Dude, yeah, like where they filmed that was just like a few blocks from the church building. It was, it like was at West see. High. Yeah, yeah so you could see it in the background of like when Sean, when they're when they're having like that confrontation, you, they're at West Hyde in the background. You can see like the church like offices or whatever. Yeah, you see the church offices just, in the Capitol. They literally just look like like missionaries. I love it. And uh, so Sean has has a bit of a tough time because he, he you know he he sells acid to the mods, but the school cop sees him, chases him. He's got all this acid. He's got a hundred hits of acid in his pocket. And uh, he runs through some sprinklers. They all dissolve into his leg and he goes fucking nuts. And we get to a scene that really scared the shit out of me out of like doing drugs when I was younger, <laughs> like the uh, first acid scene, which was uh, basically Sean has been on like a week long, like complete acid meltdown. And he's just like sitting outside of his house and uh, he's asking heroin Bob if he's Jesus. He says Satan's in his house and he says Satan killed my mom. And then we get this acid trip scene where he's chasing his mom around the house with a fucking knife. And uh, yeah. And then there's well, all like these the devil, like, the devil's like hiding in the living room and like, dude. you know, like it's all this, you know, all this fucking shit. And like, meanwhile, like, and I do feel like there's definitely like a dividing point in like how you grew up where it's like, if you look at that and you're like, Oh, that's a terrifying horror story. It's something I never want to participate in. Or if you look and you're like, huh, it could be fun. Uh, <laughs> it probably is. I like, I mean, I had enough, like, I was like friends with like enough straight edge kids that I was just like, yeah, man, that shit's whack. Like, look at this mood. Like, this is what happens if you take acid. You like try to kill your mom. <laughs> oh, it's straight up. Yeah, it's like straight up brief for madness. Yeah, and the like- funny thing is to me while I was watching this is that I kept like in my head thinking it was like, this is how that kid got the role in the Eminem stand video. Dude, yes, that was him, wasn't I'm it? Sure. Yeah, it is. Because I only yeah. know him from like a couple roles. Like he was the quarterback in Little Giants. Yes. What? Yeah, he was. Um, no way. He was also like the protagonist in like the first Final Destination movie. Oh my god! Huh. And then like wow. yeah, Good SLC Punk, and then obviously SLC Punk Two, which oh he was in the second one. Yeah, he plays Sean. Well, okay, I didn't watch the second one. I know I'm figured he's probably playing the same character. We're, we're gonna talk about that because his come up is pretty fucking funny. Okay, and again, I want to emphasize that I do really like SLC Punk, the first one. I think this is a good good movie. But anyway, we're still meeting the characters. So Heroin Bob does pull up to to Sean's place, finds him outside, and then the cops roll up, and you know, uh, 
Sean's mom called the cops because, you know, he was trying to kill him. But uh, Steve or uh, so heroin Bob is using all of this like shit that Sean is going through, telling Steve that he's a dumbass for doing drugs. He's like chemicals, man. They'll fuck you up. It'll stay in your system forever. And um, yeah, there was that whole thing about him, like bringing up Napoleon or some shit like that. Yeah, he talks oh, yeah, about uh, how. Yeah, po- being poisoned with arsenic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know, while he was at uh, while he was in exile, which, which yeah. is funny too, because like heroin Bob is like a Marlboro red in his mouth the entire time too. That's so. right. <laughs> I mean, like like any good punk should. I mean, you know, like let's Absolutely. be honest. You know, it's, you know. Oh, I think at one point we get to the well, we'll, we'll talk about it in a sec with the the cigarette holder thing that um, Trish has. Oh yeah, that I fucking weird it. thing. Um. So then, like we get we start to learn more about the boys background. They both graduated college. They both went to the university of Utah because they were trying to destroy, quote to destroy the system from the inside. Big ups to the U. <laughs> yeah, we got university of Utah alumni on the call. And um, we then also meet uh, Steve O's dad, who is uh, played by Shooter McGavin. I Shooter can't remember. McGavin. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I, I really like him a lot. And that whole scene is like such a fucking classic where he's dude, like talking to like to the mom and the dad. Yes. Because like, I'm 18 and dude. I can finally say, fuck uh, you. Yes. It's this incredible scene. <laughs> so good. Yeah. They are the perfect like Federal Heights couple. Dude. Yes. Yes. Okay. Carrie, there's like this one specific neighborhood that like we guaranteed those people. Like they, they literally are those people. Like, at, like yeah. Uh, liberal like white people that are like that like you know try to be like we're the cool parents but like at the same time like you need to go to harvard and like yeah i mean i mean here here we call that uh you know harvard um (laughs) uh, but i mean also uh i mean you know like new and like actually there's like a whole like everything essentially like metro west of boston proper is like kind of those neighborhoods where it's like both places that uh you know are putatively liberal but also ones where if you're not a white person and you're in a car after like 10 o'clock at night you're gonna get stopped by the local cops yeah yeah like shocks do you remember the whole like elizabeth smart kidnapping thing yeah 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 so her family is from federal heights that neighborhood all right yeah that that neighborhood like very very affluent like yeah you know, the type of person that like has a coexist bumper sticker as they pull into the Goldman Sachs parking lot. Yep. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, like a real like a um, pride sponsored by Bank of America sort of vibes. Absolutely. Like, you know, like, yeah. Like every single one of them has a make America kind again. By <laughs> yeah. Harris wants way too many. Of every those every single year. one of them has like a picture in their living room of them with either Hillary Clinton, Kamala Harris or Joe Biden. Like or one Elizabeth of those Warren. Or Elizabeth Warren, Warren. yeah. Or Dr. Joe Budden. Yeah, so... <laughs> the dad the dad wants wants his son to go to Harvard like him and the, the mom is there too we, we find out soon after that the mom and the dad are divorced but there's they're talking to their son Steve-O and they're in the mom's like like be free darling like always be free and the dad's like you like you can rebel at Harvard when I was at Harvard I went to Woodstock and we we ended that goddamn war in Nam so so people like you could be could be free and which, and, which I gotta say like after the 2016 or 2020 election like you know, kind of election cycle. Uh, all I could think of was that you remember that section of uh, uh, Mayor Pete's book where he talks about walking through Harvard Square and he like is like, oh yeah, there are a bunch of people protesting. 
those fucking losers. And like, yes. you know, th- then I walked on to like, you know, my like workshop that I had like at the, you know, Kennedy School of Government or whatever. The fuck yeah, else. man. And I was yeah, 12 was years like, old and carrying my briefcase. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, yeah. Listen, and some actual like systematic politicians still do protest. Like, for example, Mitt Romney, when he protested for the Vietnam War. Oh my god! Oh yeah. By the way, uh, thanks for taking him off our hands. By the way, guys, I appreciate. I forgot we. Uh, you know, like I, you know, Jesus. he was here for like a little bit too long, and uh, you know, I'm, I, you know, you really took one for a team, and like, I'm gonna send you like a, I don't know, like a cheesecake next Christmas or something. Well, just to, like thank just you. Just for this. that, dude. I hope Danny Ainge becomes your next fucking governor or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> that would be incredible. Uh, At least you know no, it won't make any be, sort of. It's gonna be Kurt Schilling. <laughs> There's, oh my god, that's right. We should talk about the weird exchange between like Utah and Boston for like politicians and athletes too. There is some weird shit there. Yeah, who knows? Sure, there's nothing. Why. To, yeah, sure, there's but nothing to look into there. We can we can come together for our unified hatred of Gordon Hayward. That's absolutely right. Um, yeah, so they're, they're like this is when Steve O just graduated high school, uh, and he just and they were trying to get him to go to to go to Harvard, and they were like. Um, you know, and he and he kind of has this freak out and he's like, like, you guys believe in rebelling, free, rebelling, freedom and love. Right. You two were divorced. So love failed. Mom, you're a new ager. And dad, you're a slick corporate preppy ass lawyer. You moved to Utah and changed nothing like Harvard out University of Utah in. And then he says that classic line. I'm for the first time in my life. I'm 18 and I can say, fuck you. And then the parents are like, damn. All right. He told us. And then he's like, oh, son, I didn't sell out. I bought in. Or I, I bought in. Keep that in mind. And then as he's walking out, like the parents have this like incredible interaction where she's like the mom says he, he takes after his father. He, he's a son of a bitch. And then he's like, fuck you, dear. It's so funny. <laughs> like delivery. Their delivery of that line. Jordan, yeah. clip that shit. It's so funny. <laughs> Take the ball and run with it make a difference but always with love remember that steven always with love oh oh time out i just want to ask uh real quick if i can um you believe in rebellion freedom and love right rebellion freedom yes love (laughs) you two are divorced so love failed two mom you're a new age you're clinging to any kind of scrap of eastern religion that may justify why the above said love failed three dad you're a slick corporate preppy ass lawyer i don't really have to say anything else about you do i dad four you moved from new york city the mecca and hub of the cultural world to utah Nowhere to change nothing, more to perpetuate this cycle of money, greed, fascism, and triviality. I mean, your movement of the people, by the people, and for the people got you nothing. You just hide behind some lost sense of drugs, sex, rock and roll, oh, kumbaya. I am the future. I am the future of this great nation, which you, Father, so arrogantly saved this world for. Look, I, I have my own agenda. Harvard out. University of Utah in. I'm gonna get a 4.0 in damage. I love you guys. Don't get me wrong. It's all about this. But for the first time in my life, I'm 18 and I can say, fuck you! Steven, I didn't, I didn't sell out, son. I bought in. Keep that in mind. That kid is gonna make one hell of a lawyer, huh? Yeah, he takes after his father. He's a son of a bitch. Fuck you, dear. 
hearing the dad talk, the only thing I could think about was just Barack Obama, like the entire way. Yeah. Just yeah. like I didn't sell out, I bought in. Like that's the entire mantra of like Obama's presidency. Yeah. So just Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I did not <laughs> drone strike a wedding. The, the, uh, the funny thing I is I just too, provided fireworks. The so, funny thing too is I feel like Steve-O's journey would essentially be like being like chairman at the DCCC at some point or something. Honestly, <laughs> it probably would be. And like yeah. he I mean and the way those people use their like early uh like bona fides of being punk when they were younger as like justification as for like why your Wait. like leftist ideas oh, are stupid no. like Wait, so is Steve-O Beto O'Rourke? No, he's, Dude, he might be. No, he's Kristen Cinema. Oh god, he dude, he, mean, uh, he either, has either a one real, is fucking terrible option. Yeah, either one of those. Beto has like a too much fail energy. I I I think yeah. Well, anyway. but I mean, like also like I mean, it's also like kind of a common trope if you look at uh and like I'm thinking of um, what is it, Suburbia, and then also like Repo Man, uh, which are like I don't know if either of you have seen either like if any of you have seen either of those, but those are like two other like kind of uh cult classic like punk yeah. you know like punk subculture films i've seen like suburbia but it's been like yeah 15 yeah. 20 years right but i mean both of them kind of feature like you know uh parents who were like kind of you know count you know putatively either like counterculture hippies or like whatever you know kind of like during the 60s and 70s who then kind of settled down to like accomplishing not much of anything in reagan's totally. america and like that's like very much like a, a you know a common and like it's something that was actually like, you know, part of the hardcore scene in the in the eighties was that you had these parents who had like, you know, had done drugs and protest against Vietnam and then kind of changed not much of anything. And like that was part of like the kind of incipient anger that came out of the yeah. you know, into the hardcore scene, into the punk scene in that like period. we still all live in Reagan's America after after all of that. Like Well, yeah, and like up. and not only that, but it's like, you know, all right, cool, you ended the war in Vietnam, but now you like voted for reagan in the 80s yeah. you know even though he was gonna break patco and then fund the contras you know i mean yeah you know that that kind of like you know uh not even just like selling out but also just kind of like you know trying to obscure the fact that you did in the first place yep oh yeah yeah so uh then we kind of get like to the core of like the anarchist belief of like uh of of bob and steve-o where they're they they talk about their commitment to doing nothing like that's their way of of fighting back and that's their that's their the manifest the manifestation of anarchism to them is to like just be to to be losers and just party and do nothing um <laughs> one of the fun things about like watching this movie now is like for people that are like really familiar with Salt Lake, we see like a lot of places that are like since gone. And and there's this scene where they're in the, they're at the Crossroads Mall, right? Oh, Which it's Cottonwood mall. mall, actually. Oh, they're they're at the too. Cottonwood Mall? Yeah, Cottonwood Mall is where they're like hanging out. That's where he does like the big speech about posers and all that. Uh, well, and, and how he hates the British and all the, yeah. all the kids pretending to be British or whatever. Which I mean, you know, in fairness, you know, fuck the tans. So, oh, absolutely. You know. <laughs> no. All on, fully on board with his anti-British sentiments. Where, because I mean, he was like, He's, he's like, they all think we're rednecks and hicks over here. And uh, yeah. And he's like, um, all these all these kids pretending to be British, like the way they get asleep with girls by pretending to be British. And he's like, who, who and he talks about who started punk rock. And he's like, who gives a fuck? We did it better than they than they do. And so then we go to a um, we cut to them at an actual show and like a British a band from from England is playing and uh 
and then we get that scene where uh oh, what's steve-o's girlfriend's name at this time is that sandy yeah sandy. yeah yeah yeah. she's like if you were a man you'd fuck me right here so steve-o and sandy start having sex in like in the venue like while the band is playing heroin bob he's like oh shit i gotta start some shit to impress a girl so he goes up on stage and he ends he ends up start fighting starts fighting the bouncer for uh like the apparently he's like traveling with the band and then mark jason siegel or excuse me mike jason siegel hops into action runs up on stage and we finally get to see jason siegel just beat the shit out of people which and- like my, my my pet theory in this is it's part of the, makes it part of the same universe as uh uh how i met your mother yeah dude um, <laughs> yeah he yes. goes to notre dame he becomes an environmental lawyer and then yeah 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 i mean the rest of, i mean i i think you know it, it's a little rough but i think you can make the two fit together and uh i like to think of it as part of the same universe yeah, or I think you're onto something. A, a sequel to Freaks and Geeks after he moved. <laughs> from, only, uh, the <laughs> only if we can also add it to like the Inglorious Bastards universe because Mark was a uh, Hugo Stiglitz. Oh my God, <laughs> that's right. Okay, so Mark, um, I, I, I mentioned him also, but he's like this like ambiguously foreign guy who I think they kind of imply that he's from Germany, but I, I'm not. I'm not really sure. They, they they kind of imply that he's like Germanic. I feel like so he <laughs> he's, could be he's like definitely Bavarian. Yeah. yeah, he could be like Austrian, maybe like you know somewhere like kind of in the yeah, you know, and he's this Swiss German and we get a full introduction to him in a minute, but he is like this rich dude that just hangs out and deals drugs and he's older. Um, but yeah, Hugo Stiglitz, dude, I totally forgot. Damn. Yeah. Cause Hell when yeah. I watched it for the first time, I was like, I know this guy from somewhere. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. Oh yeah. He's the cool Nazi guy. I mean, not Nazi, but cool German guy who kills Nazis. That's right. Yeah. So he, uh, so the, the whole show turns into like a gigantic fight. Uh, Steve-O stops having sex and runs up to fight while his like pants are halfway down and jumps up on, on stage. I mean, which and we've all been there. So we've I mean, all like, been you know, there. It's Everyone's relatable. been there. Which Mike, my, my one question though, and granted I was like three months old in 1985, but like, was it a thing for like to be into women who look like Robert Smith? <laughs> yes. I'm, I mean, I mean, it is now. I mean, if you do it. <laughs> uh podcaster and e-girl girl e-girl e- <laughs> girlfriend that's right so we, we have an after party after this uh we meet trish that's that's steve or uh heroin bob's love interest and she's smoking this like cigarette with like this cigarette holder thing the little like finger i don't even know what those are called like the, the cruella the, the cruella deville yeah but she says this good line she's like the police what an untidy group of little fascists. What do you expect in a town of God? Mormons run the state, and that is the state of things, I'm afraid. And uh, then we get wow. this cute scene. I know. It really, really, really makes you think. I mean, it we really, really do live in a society. More things really, change, more things least, stay the same. Trish, or, at least, or at least you three do. I mean, maybe I right. don't. I mean, yeah, maybe Trish has like the most we live in a society. She gives off like yeah. that she's super jokerified this entire time. The police. What an untidy group of little fascists. What do you expect in a town of God? Mormons run the state, and that is the state of things, I'm afraid. We never got. That's right. <laughs> Dude, all the women in this movie are incredibly jokerified. I don't oh, know if man. you've caught that. Well, like all like, except for the girl at the uh Steve-O's eventual love interest, Holy but everyone shit. else. That would have been such a better sequel if like yeah. for, for like Punk is dead, is you just have like heroin Bob's son just be Bane exactly just, just blow a bicycle stadium just, just trish just putting on joker makeup like over the course of like the fucking like first 10 minutes of the film 
Oh my God. Yeah. And so, uh, Mike, the nice guy that he is, he's apologizing to the bouncer, um, about for, for beating him up. And he's like, I hope this stay, the rest of your stay in America is more pleasant. Bob asks the singer, he's like, how was the show, man? And the singer's like, Oh man, I like, it was awful. Like it's incredibly violent. We'll never play here ever again. And, uh, Steve-O on, on that note says in a country of lost souls, rebellion comes hard, but in a religiously oppressive city where half the population isn't even that religion, it comes like fire. And that's a good point. Like, uh, like we get, we obviously for good reason are like the Mormon city state or whatever, but like proportionately to the actual, uh, population of the state, we are very underrepresented in, in the state's government as far as, uh, people who are not Mormon. Oh, we're like the seventh circle of hell to most uh, Utahns too. I remember one time I went to a BYU Colorado state game and Colorado state just kicked their ass. It was like 2003 or something. It was like the Bradley Van Pelt years. And I remember Uh some, some Utah fans went there and they had like a sign that said like one of those like cliche, like MasterCard things, like tickets to the game, 65 bucks, fuels pro, blah, blah, blah. Some BYU fan got like so mad that he just went up to them and like, Go back to Salt Lake with all the F slurs and the whores and just straight up like just unloaded on this guy. I'm like, dude, that's only 30 miles from here. You can probably calm the fuck down. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. That's exactly exactly the vibe. Provo in and of itself is its own hellhole. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't even talk about Provo in this, which uh, is interesting. Uh, Yeah, it's great. We get we get a lot more Evans than we get Provo, which I really appreciate so we're at a different party now um there is a hospital scene and bob says that like uh they named a disease after him and they get him out of the hospital um which i think cuts back to present time at that point but we're at a party scene and and uh, steve is continuing to do introductions of the different people in the scene talks about trish um steve, who is uh heroin bob's love interest we we talk about mike again who's one of the most hardcore guys in the scene looks like a total nerd he throws some dude's head into a cement wall at the party and then we talk we, we learn a lot about mark at this point the the vaguely germanic man who's not a punk rocker but he's always got pot and acid with him he's super rich He's uh, but he's completely out of his mind. And like the backstory for him supposedly is that he has like a lot. His whole family died in a plane crash and um, he just like got a shit ton of money because all his whole family died or something. And which is like in a way that was never really explained. Like it's not really like <laughs> he said clear whether it's like, or something. yeah, like it's not clear whether it's like because of insurance or like he just inherited it all because yeah. of his family was loaded. Like they'd never really say. Yeah, it and was, so it's the same root story as the monarch from the Venture Brothers. I, it really is. <laughs> I know I, it's so funny, but like, and like we get this super funny like 1985 type scene where he's showing all of his cool like technology in his house. Like he's got laser discs. Yeah, his fucking laser disc. Laser disc. Like it looks like it looks like a silver record. Um, and he's <laughs> got water this bed. water bed, the water bed that doesn't make waves. And he's like, so why didn't you just buy a regular mattress? And he's like, well, this doesn't have the waves. He's showing, he's showing Steve-O his cool shower head. And, but, but Steve-O says he's also got a tendency to snap. So he, uh, he, he tells this story about how he, uh, well, he, he thinks people are stealing from him all the time. And he said, I've actually killed killed people before and he tells a story about how he's killed he killed these two guys in miami who, who stole from him he shot them both in the head and steve was like 
no oh, man you're just kidding right and he pulls out this like comically large revolver just like you know board. yeah like 357 out of like a clint eastwood film yeah it's like, a it's like, just like barrel, the barrel's like yeah. two feet it's long the fucking dirty hairy gun <laughs> yeah Dude, it is so funny <laughs> Yeah, he pulls out his Red Dead Redemption gun and he's just like, (laughs) (laughs) while he's holding this gun, he he like tells a story about his family like dying and blowing up like in in, around him and his mother's like head just like coming at him and like you know (laughs) he just confesses to like a lot of like very much like untreated PTSD. I looked for my father because I was going to kick his body. (laughs) and then and then he like thinks bob might have might be somebody who's stolen from him took some weed from him so then he goes out and he he confronts bob who's asleep on the couch yells at him to empty his pockets and uh shoots the gun twice into the couch and then he like starts laughing and saying sorry after he he realizes that um, bob didn't steal anything and then they just the three of them decide they were just going to steal a car even though they you know mark's got three cars he's got plenty of money but they just want to steal a car and so, you know, sometimes you're just feeling froggy, you know, yes, you just want to go like go out just and what you, you do. Know. Listen, who among us? <laughs> yeah, I mean, who's and, uh, even so Mark, like they're all getting high in the car other than Bob, but he's probably still getting high in the car. And uh, they and Mark's like, you know, the funny thing about Ronnie, about Ronald Reagan is that he's only got one testicle left. And Steve was like, wow, that makes that explains a lot. And he's like, yeah, and there's this underground tunnel where they take UFOs from like, does he say like Texas to DC or something? Yeah, yeah. something like which that, is yeah. kind of funny because you listen to all this now and you're like, yeah, this could be part of QAnon. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> it's like, well, know, also like, like, so is SLC Punk part of the Get Out universe, dude? Yes, it, it might be. Um. And uh, and then they they attempt to dump the car in the Great Salt Lake, which is funny for like a lot of reasons. Like the joke in the movie is that it doesn't float like the car won't sink. But the other part of that is that the Salt Lake, the Great Salt Lake at the, at its deepest is like eight feet or something like that. So like in no conceivable way could you ever sink a car in that lake. And um, yeah, they and I also wondered how they got home from the Great Salt Lake. But hey. They just hitchhiked from Tooele. Who knows? Yeah, I was like that. The logistically, this was confusing. Um, but he talks about how that night with Mark was like proof of anarchy. Like that's like the life that they that they love is just like doing senseless shit. And uh, yeah, um, back at the party, we were also introduced to Jennifer, who's seventeen but looks a lot older. <laughs> and uh, which uh, you know. also like how that's kind of like yeah. I mean, nowadays going to get canceled on fucking Twitter because I mean that's like a. You know, heroin Bob and Steve are both just graduated college. So there's like a five year age gap here. Yeah. No, and, you know, that's just like unacceptable. This is well that's in line right. with like that. Uh, like, I think Chapo talked about this on their last episode. It was like, it's well in line with like that 1999 strain of like really wanting to fuck a 17 year old girl. It's just yeah. like every movie was like that. And like in the late yeah. 90s, like, yeah. what the fuck? Dude, like every yeah. John Hughes movie. Well, like, even then, like you watch, like uh, was it Waiting? And yes. Like, you know, oh, like, yeah, they were talking about talking about Waiting in particular, like the yeah, joke yeah. of like yeah. the girl who works there. Yeah, and, is, uh, is Dane Cook gonna score? Yeah, is yeah. is thirty five year old Dane Cook gonna score? Or like American Beauty is like, is Kevin Spacey gonna fuck this sixteen year old girl? It's like yeah, you know, like a lot of stuff like nowadays you would not get away with. That's right. Welcome to SLC Libertarian. <laughs> so w- we meet Sandy. That's who Steve was dating at the time. And we meet John the Mod officially, who's the diplomat. So he's the cool mod. He hangs out with the punks. Um, and he asks where Steve got the beer. And he says, Wyoming, where else? And this is where we talk about something that's pretty, pretty uh, important to the Utah lore. 
and it's the beer and grocery store dilemma. And um, he, he, he outlines the two choices that you really have, which is the state-run state liquor store or going to Wyoming. But the reason that you do that is because, as, as Shocks told us, like the, the, at the time, we, this has actually changed since you were here, but now we, we actually have stronger beer and grocery stores now. But at the time, like you could only get 3.2% beer in grocery stores. And so he says, like a drunk person will just drink twice as much beer. So not only will you have a drunk, you'll have someone who's also fat and gross too. Yeah, which uh, which describes me in a hotel room in uh, <laughs> Fillmore, Utah in uh, 2018. That's uh, right. And it actually, uh, even Evanston, Wyoming. So the first time I drove through Utah was in 2009. And... Ironically, uh, we broke down in uh, Evanston because I refused to stop in Utah because nice. uh, we were driving from uh, uh, Lewis McCord back out to Massachusetts. And so but we had to go by way of Fort Collins, which oh. is why we were like kind of like taking this oh. like the southern route. And so we uh, we like drove the whole night through Utah to stop right in Evanston, Wyoming, and then woke up the next morning and found out we had a flat tire. Nice. Uh, Brilliant. But, you know, but at least then we were able to like go buy like, you know, country club malt liquor at the like the local fucking uh, gas station. Dude, or, like, whatever their liquor store. Yeah, they have like mega liquor stores everywhere in, in Evanston. Yeah. Um, Wyoming so, is great for three things. Pornography, fireworks and alcohol. They got some cool ass <laughs> mountains in Wyoming, too. I like I, I'm a big I'm, I'm a big fan of parts of Wyoming. So Jackson Hole is a cool town. Jackson it is a cool Hole. town. The Wind River Mountains are fucking incredible. Big fan. But it, I just remember driving. It. I just remember driving south from like, what is it? 80? Yep. Like down south into Fort Collins. And like there's that like period in between like, you know, 80 and like the Colorado border. And you just see every single warning sign you could ever possibly imagine on a highway. Yep. <laughs> like you just see like uh, extreme weather, uh, bears, moose, uh, yeah. rock slides. Like, I don't know. We don't know what the fuck is going to happen. Like there's like prisons. See... So like, don't pick anyone yeah. up because there's yeah. like people on the run here. Like don't pick anything up. Uh, something might fall from the sky. And yeah. like, I don't know, there might be something that eats you. We don't know what it is. Uh, <laughs> whatever it is, whatever the fuck you do, don't leave your car. Yeah. And like, it, that's kind of like, you know, that's something that I will remember for the rest of my time. It's like, you know, as a marker of what being in Wyoming really means. There is like, I love the concept of like the border towns surrounding Utah because it's such an interesting economy around those places. Yeah. <laughs> like, for example, you have, you have Evanston up by, up in Wyoming, you have Wendover to the West, you have Mesquite to the South, yep. you have like Malad and Preston, Idaho to the North. Like all these places are just meant for like Utahns to go buy booze and lottery tickets and just make yeah. Utah. Well, and like the East one now. Well, and then the the marijuana one was uh, Dinosaur, Colorado, or Grand Junction. Even oh like, yeah, it's the exact. That's all that was for as well. And like they were purposely not like opening dispensaries there for a little while because yeah. they knew it was specifically for Utah people to come in and and buy stuff. Also, uh, Rocky Mountain Dispensary in Dinosaur, Colorado, is on 420 Brontosaurus Boulevard. So just in case, hey. ever, ever well, it's like I, it's weird because actually we have the same thing in Massachusetts because for a long time, like uh, there was, you know, band in Boston was like a yeah. thing. Like anyone who ever listened to like Gigi Allen knows that. Uh -huh. yep. uh, but like, you know, like we had like all sorts of blue laws and we had all sorts of, you know, like, uh, you know, you couldn't get tattooed here until like, you know, into the 2000s. 
you couldn't buy booze on a Sunday, you know, because of the, you know, essentially just because of the Catholic Church, it, like I had such a strong like stronghold here, and like because of the Puritans, like there were just certain things. So like, I grew up against the border with New Hampshire, and so like even to today, when you go across the border, there's just like tattoo studios, fireworks, yeah. liquor stores, <laughs> like whatever, and it That's all wild. dates back to like you know like some of that like you still you know you can get tattooed in Massachusetts now, and you can like buy booze on a Sunday now, but like you still can't buy fireworks here. So like every July 4th, they just set up all the fucking like LED signs, like on the fucking border <laughs> that are say like, you know, you're not allowed to buy fireworks as everyone yeah. drives across the border to go buy fireworks. Oh, and that's, like, that's Wyoming you know, too. Like, well, and like particularly here, like it's also funny because it's also like significantly less distance. Like yeah, you're like you know like states are really close <laughs> yeah like you know like you can drive across all of massachusetts regardless of what direction you're going in like yeah. you know three four hours like at most so like I, it makes it even funnier when i was living in philly uh like <clears throat> pennsylvania's liquor laws are ridiculous because quaker state yeah like even more like even more draconian than utah in the sense that like you can't buy beer at a liquor store. Like you have to go to the beer store and then yep. get, and yeah. And you can and only you buy a get, certain amount. Yeah. You can only like, buy a certain amount. You can only, you can't buy on, you can't buy booze on Sunday, but then like literally right across the bridge, you can go to New Jersey and like right in Camden, New Jersey is like the fucking Walmart of liquor. Yeah. You just have to wear an Italian flag tracksuit. Yes. Um, and then, and then, and then it's fine. Like you, you actually don't have to show other ID. You just have to wear that and a, uh, a gold necklace that has your first name on it. That's right. What's, what's the name of that one Twitter account? That's like, uh, like, a, like the most Italian guy ever. Are you thinking of NYC Guido voice? I just thought about that one tweet where it's just like man wearing full, like Italian flag tracksuit and, what the fuck is identity politics? <laughs> <laughs> and just one quick thing, just going back uh, to your thing about the top three things about Wyoming, you left one off, Jordan. Right. And number four is that Wyoming will eventually be the burial place of Dick Cheney. Oh, God. Fuck. That's disgusting. It's going to be the ultimate piss uh depository in the western uh <laughs> this side of the uh, continental divide that's right that's the problem with dick cheney's grave is outdoor you just run out of piss oh that baboon, <laughs> that baboon heart has to give out sometime it really does okay so so it's just put, beating, we need to put beating though. out of the fucking out of the yep. fucking burial site absolutely okay so, like so you, you have the two choices if you're buying alcohol in utah you're either going to the state-run liquor store which basically has a cop doing as as the cash register um running the cash register or you go to wyoming and so we meet eddie who take who's taking them to wyoming in a long ass car and uh they're talking with eddie who's like he's not really a punk he dresses he dresses weird everyone thinks he's gay he's not gay um and they and show up he becomes to, a human trafficker yeah, yep, <laughs> and he does. So they they get to a liquor store in Wyoming, and of course we're looking at heroin Bob, who has a crazy ass mohawk, uh, and we're looking at at um, Stevo and Eddie, and they go into the liquor store, and there's just like old cowboy dude like 
working there and he's like what the hell are you and he's like who let you boys out of the state institute and they're like oh dude we're from england like that's we're just chilling we're from here we're, we're from england and then um, doing the thing like, they oh. hate the most i know he's like are, are you guys he's like are you boys enjoying your stay in the good old us of a Apart's good. And then um, they're like walking around the aisles of this, of this uh, liquor store. And there's like a woman in there who's like giving like an end times type discussion to this other guy that's there and basically saying the world's going to end soon because there's all these like um, followers of Satan everywhere and Satan's followers are growing quite a bit. And, and Eddie was like, uh, uh, he asks like, what about like the Holocaust and the Nazis? Like that seemed like a lot of people who could be considered Satan's followers and the world didn't end then. So like, what's the deal with that? And heroin, heroin, Bob, he has like the best voice in like this entire movie. I love his voice so much. He's, he's like, yeah, man, what about the Nazis? And she's like, uh, and she, this woman and this man are both like, oh, we don't like, I don't really see the Nazis as Satan's followers. They're just like a gathering of people very Nazi Nazi sympathizing people in Wyoming, which I can certainly uh, understand. As someone and who that, grew up in one of these like border towns, I felt so at home with all this. That was great, dude. That, <laughs> yeah. that depiction of like these random people in like a store in Wyoming is very spot on. And because mine was Idaho. And yeah. yes, the people are pretty much like that. And we still got, I like mean, the, I mean, just because they were actual Nazis if they're in Idaho. Yeah. They're, well, they're in we were more like. South eastern yeah. idaho <laughs> not that's in the more northwestern that's the coeur d'alene people and such like my yeah, so my i, I want to be very clear about this that to me that's the same yeah uh, you're not wrong i mean hey, but, but the difference of that though is like you down to like maryland honestly how yeah far what, 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 which is fine but i uh i refuse to acknowledge that and i uh <laughs> i reject your too damn big over here. i reject your reality and i substitute my own and I, right. I think that should be respected we yeah. were Speaking. like the birthplace of like ezra taft benson and people like that who were like some of the most like largest anti-communist quote uh which is just yeah. known as fascism voices possible in the West. Yep. So yeah, and I mean, yeah, and I mean, like all. I mean, like I also like have a uh, my first uh, XPO is like you know was from so you know supposedly from Idaho because even having driven through Idaho, I'm still not entirely convinced that it's an actual state. It's not. Um, you know, I mean, Dude, I'm, I'm, I, yeah. I'm kind of it's on just the, I'm, Utah I'm, North. <laughs> yeah, I'm like on the fence about it. Uh, it's Utah North. It's you know Canada South. Like you know we're we're not. I'm not trying to get, you know, like too, too far into the details there, but, uh, you know, it's also like, you know, a very, like a very, uh, MAGA heavy individual. And so, uh, you know, like everything about like, you know, Idaho is deeply suspect to me. The You're best... erasing a lot of lived experiences. I hope yes. you know that. I, <laughs> and I hope I am, uh, in fact, I'm my, here uh, to erase those lived experiences. The, uh, my... Best thing I can say about Idaho is I am glad I no longer reside there. And yep. that's pretty much it. Cause um, every time I go back to go like visit my dad or anything like that, I'm like, Ooh, um, that's weird. It's a, it's a lot of swastikas in a short amount of time that you see on those flag poles. Spe right. Speaking of which, so my, my wife is actually from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> and she's blonde. Yeah. So how's and your trad wife? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, just roast um <laughs> wow 
No, but like, it's really wild because we'll go up there and see her parents who still live up there. And like last time I went to the gym, they've got like a, the, a croc center there, like a Salvation Army croc center. Oh, no. And like, I just walk into, walk into like the free weight section of the gym and like, there's just like very visible skinhead guy, like in a tank top with like swastika tattoos and like nordic imagery was that uh was it what they call them uh fucking uh lift waffa oh jesus that, oh there's actually like that's like a thing like uh i forget who who was around when i stumbled into that uh but there's definitely like lift waffa is like very much like a fucking thing i mean there's like you know that like, doesn't surprise me i mean it's like you know nazi weightlifters i mean in the last week we came across like a mormon fascist group that's also called it called desfit so i mean it's oh not unheard God. of. We, yeah. Oh, disgusting. But at uh, the same time, Jordan and I are part of the Swirlitariat, so like... That is right. Well, yeah, I mean, you know. <laughs> okay, so uh, they scare the shit out of these people because they show they show them uh, Steve-O's 666 tattoo on his ass. Then they, And then we get uh, a nice little clip of them beating up some Nazis underneath a freeway overpass. Um, and then... Which- at, at the party that that they were at, the rednecks show up and it, it starts a big fight, and obviously, and so everyone's just beating the shit out of each other. But this is like the first time we kind of start to hear some contradictions within uh, Steve-O's whole philosophy where he's talking about like um, like his whole like why he fights because he, he ends up like he he's having this dialogue with himself where he's talking about how fighting is a structure and it's really just a cheaper version of conventional warfare, which just upholds the same systems that he claims he's against. And so he has this big ass rant and then he's like, and what's the final point? There is none. And then they just keep, you know, fighting. Um and then, like, we learned that Mark is going back to Miami. They also mentioned that he never comes back and that he also died in a plane crash, potentially, was the, was the, was the rumor. And, uh, yeah, and then we get Trish giving some more Joker-fied lines where she's like, Salt Lake City, the land of the Dead Sea, Zion, as the Mormons call it. It really is the Holy Land. I think, wait, or is that Sandy that says it? I can't remember which one says that. Fuck. But, I mean, um, who, who? I mean, who really cares at the end of it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like it's, all like some like solid like canned dialogue. Yes, it's <laughs> uh, it's 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 pretty. Yeah, it it is exactly that. So Steve and his dad go to lunch at, at this point. Like his dad comes and picks him up in his little like bright red Porsche, and he's like, "Hey, Steve-O, you've been uh, by the way, you've been invited to attend Harvard Law School." So he it turns out he applied to Harvard for his for his kid. And uh, and he does like he like he talks about like potentially going, um, you know, like he did take pre-law classes at the University of Utah. And he's like, yeah, I studied law to learn how full of shit your life and life's ambitions are, which I really liked, which um, and then they do like they go to this lunch and uh, which is a it's it's really funny seeing we get what the fuck is his name? I always I call him Shooter McGavin. I can't remember the actor's name. Chris McDonald. Yes, that's right. So uh him and uh, Steve-O are at, at lunch in this nice restaurant. He, his dad's all like dressed super nice. Steve-O looks like a fucking punk that he is. And he like screams someone. So he screams at someone in the restaurant, like, at, like why they're staring at him. And, uh, but he's also asking himself at this point, like why he did do so well in school. Like he actually, like he got a 4.0 at the University of Utah. And so he's like starting to ask himself why he actually did try and he studied and he did do well. And he doesn't really know why he did that. 
And then he runs into Sean, the guy who had the really bad acid trip. And he's like asking for money on the side of the street. And he's like, Sean, like, what have you been up to, man? He's like, oh, I'm a fucking beggar now. <laughs> Which he, he had one of the most poignant quotes. And I actually wrote it down too. Is that they let me out. I'm a free man. Yeah. And, and he just looks completely miserable, which I, I think is like one of those things that kind of sort of shook Steve-O on his whole like anarchist. Yeah. Like, I don't believe in anything. It's like, actually, someone should probably help take care of this thing because yeah. holy shit. Because he's like a free man and I don't believe in like anything. Like it should all like everyone should just be a loser. But like Steve-O's had the luxury this whole life of being like a rich kid who's choosing to do nothing. And it doesn't really matter if he... Like he, he he has whatever he he can fall back on his family. He can fall back on the fact that he like has a degree and is accepted to Harvard Law School, but he just chooses to do nothing. But he's up against someone who it can't choose to like make it. They can't make a different choice. And, and he and he says uh, he's with Sandy, and she's like, "Why don't you get a job?" And he's like, "I tried getting a job." And then there's this scene of him like. <laughs> Like yeah, going into this, this just yeah, like screaming at like, a woman. Yeah, <laughs> he goes into a Lane Bryant or something like that, and just like wearing a jacket that says "fuck you." And he's like, "Hey," and she's like on the phone, and she's like, "Give me a fucking job." And then she's like, "Have you had experience?" And he's like, "With what?" And she's like, uh, "Women's clothes." He's like, "Why the fuck would I have any experience with women's clothes?" <laughs> oh my god, it's so funny. Um, uh, and 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 Steve, I was like, "Yeah, I, I couldn't look at him anymore," and he starts saying like. You know, like that, it like hurt him to like walk away, but not necessarily that he walked away, but like that he like just he felt like that's what he needed to do, and he couldn't just bear to to look at at Sean anymore. Yeah, then they he turned his like, back. Yeah, he they turned yeah. his back on. Then he he and Sandy have this like another insane acid trip uh in um that park downtown i can't remember what it's called oh it's memory grove like they <laughs> yeah. call it something else but it's definitely they memory call it grove highland park. park yeah and yeah they call it highland park but it's uh yeah they're memory grove and they're just like tripping balls they have sex and then they're like uh he, he goes on this really long rant about the donner party too where they like all ate each other and shit but then also had that one guy <laughs> like uh escaped by himself and then came back and saved everyone that didn't eat get eaten i guess um and they have this trip where they are they're up on enzyme peak and they're imagining like the city blowing up and uh and at this point bob is like starting to fall more in love with trish and steve is like really conflicted about that because he says like only posers fall in love with girls and uh, <laughs> Bob is like, he's like the original good? poster right here is you really know, Steve-O, you know he's so good and he's like are you in love with trish he's like i don't know man like yeah, uh, I, I don't even like his voice in that part is just just cracks me up. Um, but Steve starts, he says that he starts to feel tired and like he has this like wave of melancholy sweeping through him and that all of his philosophies were falling apart and like things weren't making sense to him as much anymore. Which and, like, just like as a brief aside, like, but like even like the whole part where he's like talking about fighting and whatever else and comparing yeah. to conventional warfare. Part of it was just, you know, like one of those things where it's like, it's really easy to distinguish that shit. Like, you know, it's okay to like fight in like, you know, self-defense for your community versus like trying to impose like that on someone else. Like that's yeah. like a very like easy thing to like distinguish. And it's like really not that hard to parse. Like, yeah. I mean, like it's a kind of like, you know, very basic and like, you know, anti-fascist, like, you know, like ideology and like totally. whatever. So like, it's a, you know, one of the, and watching this now, like as an adult versus like, you know, being like 16 and watching it be like, oh yeah, man, that's like really deep. Like, yeah, it is kind of the same thing. Like, no, it's not. 
Like it, yeah, it really is. It, it absolutely it really is the fucking same thing. Yeah, it, so. and and like this next part is where it, it really like starts to like settle in that he like has no idea what the fuck he's doing. He's at this like other party that's like this weird commune house. Um, yeah. It's at, at the house of the brother, the brother of like the seventeen year old girl. His name's Chris, and he's like just this hippie dude with a gigantic hookah. And um, they started getting like a, a debate. Apparently, they have regular debates about like anarchism. And Chris is not an anarchist. And like you can tell that Steve O's entire worldview is just like like everything devolves into chaos. And Chris's whole thing is like, yeah, but then out of that chaos, like makes more sense. And like just as you were saying, shocks. Like um, I mean, his his worldview is so like narrow, and that like everything fit in the structure of like everything has to be nothing and doing nothing is 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 anarchism and if you're doing anything then you're perpetuating a system that is like fascist inherently um even if that means fighting and even if that means i'm the one who's fighting and um which like in its in and of itself is a system like it's completely paradoxical that like yeah you live you live by this set of rules that like even if you make up there's still a set of rules there's still a system to it yeah yes this basically this whole movie is just like a fuck you to noam chomsky just kidding (laughs) 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 but this this does this isn't painting anarchists in a very good light um and there's like some random dude at the party who's like trying to summon satan as well and uh but steve-o comes across sandy having sex with someone else in this house and steve-o like beats the shit out of him after he like had this internal dialogue about fighting and he's like i I know like what i'm doing right now is like against what i believe in i guess and like we didn't have rules established and like I, i didn't want rules established so i shouldn't be mad but he just beats the shit out of this guy anyway and uh and yeah so and then heroin bob starts to have a change of heart about like salt lake which is throwing even more like spins into their ideology because they just hate salt lake they hate everything like any any sort of society supposedly and uh heroin bob's like you know salt lake's not that bad like it's it's a home it's my home and like everyone needs to have a home and steve starts to like freak out a bit and he's um you can tell that he's really like falling out of falling out of control and then that's like set fully in motion when mike says that he's going to notre dame to study botany because he wants to save the rainforests so and he's and he has this big problem with uh or steve has this problem with mike being like the most hardcore guy that he knew he would like there's this scene of uh Mike deciding that all the cars on his block looked would look better without windows. So he takes a baseball bat to every window on all these cars and uh, the cops arrest him. It takes like a whole like five cops to get him into the back of the car. And then he busts out the window from the cop car and runs away and they never caught him. So my uh, Steve, was like, how the fuck could this guy who be, who is this hardcore do something like go to Notre Dame and apparently he's only 18 at this time I, I like didn't even realize he was like way yeah. younger than all of them which is funny yeah, Jason Seals um, just looked 30 forever I know right. even in even in uh um Freaks and Geeks he looks like way old and he probably really was like 18 or 19 then so uh let's see um at this point like steve says like he knows it's the end like it was like they were the first two punks him and heroin bob and now they're going to be the last two punks because everyone's leaving and uh they're he him heroin bob and trish are out at the great salt lake um which is a pretty cool looking scene 
and uh, Trish was like, I want to introduce you to, to my friends. And um, that's, and that kind of sets up the, one of the last scenes in the movie. And uh, there's this really sad and funny scene where Bob and Steve-O go to visit heroin Bob's dad on his dad's birthday. And he lives in like this like industrial shed and he's trying to like yeah. apparently live off the grid. Cause he's, he thinks the CIA is after him and his dad's asleep and they're like sitting there like deciding if they should wake him up and he's like i don't like i don't want to wake my dad up he's like pretty crazy he's like well we're kind of just like sitting here and he wakes up and he sees them and he pulls out this shotgun and he's like this yells at them for being the cia and chases him out of 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 his shed um and steve was like I, I i had never met bob's dad before but i felt like i knew him a lot better and i think that that's a, like an important scene as well because steve was really realizing that like his life is kind of I mean, Bob is the way he is because of like his background, but Steve is making these conscious decisions just to like be a punk asshole and do nothing, even though he has the luxury of being able to do that. And that's clearly not something that like heroin Bob has the luxury to do. Right. Oh man. Yeah. That scene kind of, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty heavy. So, um, let's see do, 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 do. what else was going on around this time. I'm trying to think. I think they had like the party. That was about it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, then yeah. they had like the the kind of like the uh, the final scene. Yeah. Then the the nail in like Steve-O's identity about himself is, um, so he meets this girl that he's introduced with at the party, and uh, and she asks him, she's like, "Why do you go out of your way to look like a bum?" Like, and he's like, "Oh, do I look like a bum?" And she's like, "Well, like, why are you dressing like that? Like, you say you're doing this to rebel against society, but wouldn't it be more rebellious?" like uh to not be out buying blue hair dye and buying like punk clothes like she, as she says and we said before like she, she said he looks like he's wearing a uniform and it's more like fashion for him and the actual true rebellion is something that is in your mind is is, is wearing an adidas tracksuit that's right this is true yeah. rebellion is it's, wearing an adidas tracksuit but like this part again just like really hammers home that like this has all just been a complete like aesthetic choice for him and that like the stakes really are pretty low for him and he and he doesn't like i mean why is he doing all these things why is he spending money on the blue hair dye and uh they end up they end up kissing and he says like i hated her ideas because they were critical of me but i loved her anyway and um at the same time at this party bob gets a really bad headache and he famously doesn't take any medication like they talk in the beginning how they couldn't get him to take aspirin even but he he freaks the fuck out and he breaks a mirror and uh and the mods give him a bunch of medication and uh steve-o takes they call Bob. vitamins yeah they call them yeah. vitamins they're like it'll it'll help your head so he has he's like drinking whiskey and he takes a bunch of these quote vitamins and bob takes um or uh, steve-o takes bob out into, into the van and they and they're driving away and and bob's like uh i'm not like my i'm not like my dad you know because it was earlier in the day where they saw his dad and he's like do you think that i let my dad down and like is that why he like doesn't know who i am or doesn't care and he's like no i i think your dad let you down and then he's like i mean he's super drunk and he's like uh barely awake and he's like i want i i want to marry trish and uh and you're like oh that's really sweet but nope turns out heroin bob dies this night which fucking sucks and then there's this really gnarly scene uh, in the morning where Steve-O comes down um, and and Bob was asleep downstairs in their apartment and he's just like completely like 
I mean, his eyes are open, but he had like, he had died at some point of the night and Steve just starts freaking the fuck out, obviously. And he's like, only posers die. You fucking idiot. And he starts crying. This, that scene was so good. I mean, it was fucking heavy, but um, the whole, the whole scene of like when Matthew Lillard screaming, like I wasn't prepared for this. Yeah. He's like, now what am I going to do for a friends? And yeah. Um, yeah. Cause Which they're the like- last two punks. If you've ever lost anyone close to you, especially in a sudden situation, like there is, there is nothing like that hit me incredibly hard because like my brother died of a herniated brainstem, like overnight, got the call from my mom, you know, and that same kind of a thing. So like that was super personal for me. And like, there really is no way to like really prepare for like a moment with that kind of gravity. Yeah yeah i mean it's uh i uh similarly like my best friend died in 2009 like um, you know like you know all of a sudden like i have a very distinct memory of like going down the bar in my hometown and then coming home and then having like one of my friends like come meet me and just like you know fucking bawling you know something to that effect of like you know this doesn't happen here yeah you know and like you know you just kind of had that feeling of like you know particularly when you lose someone who like you know at you know, when you're in your early 20s, like late teens or early 20s, you're dealing with that sort of shit. Like, it's just like you're not like really equipped for. Yeah. You know, or at least yeah. we're not, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like I'm sure that there are people in like shittier situations in the rest of the world that are, but you know, so, like it's not something absolutely. that like otherwise you're really like equipped to deal with. Yeah. And it will like something like that will absolutely make you question everything. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, I think that's absolutely part of the grief process is that you like, you question your identity you question who you are what it is you're doing with your life like what does it all mean and like i think that's very much part of the human experience yeah yeah so it 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 was determined that he did die from what was percodon that that he was given at the party and it was just straight up overdose that mixed with the alcohol and uh and then we we get this which thankfully nothing like that ever happened again to anybody else in the world yeah nope Nope. never not once um he, he there's this cute scene of them like when they're younger and he's like talking about how bob like he's what made them cool and so, like he it, we see young versions of them and uh steve is like he's like setting up like some dungeons and dragons uh like their game that they're gonna have and bob starts like talking shit to him he's like man this shit sucks and then he, they're like they're listening to Rush, and um, he like turns off for Rush, and it's actually uh, part of the Stranger Things universe. Yeah, <laughs> they looked like it, dude. Yeah, and Steve, I was like, he's like, Rush is a very good band, and then he's like, man, we should be like going to parties, we should be getting laid and being being wild, and he's like, man like we got beat up at the last party we went to he's like well then we should be having our own parties and he puts on like this music of um he he puts on this like he has this tape from some friend in california and this new music that they're gonna start listening to um and like there's like a quick funeral scene as well and we learn that um steve-o decides like he shaved his head he's where he's wearing a suit at the funeral and he said that he, he decided that he is going to go to harvard and that he basically is his old man and he determined that there's no future in anar- in anarchy he was convinced the world was going to end for so long and when it didn't he didn't know like what to do and that he feels like uh, he could do more damage inside the system than outside and finally that he was nothing more than a trendy ass poser 
I, I really don't want to admit, or I don't want to acknowledge that there's a sequel to this movie. Cause I like, that's like the last thing I, I wanted after watching that movie. I was like, I don't, why would you ever need that at and all? And it's by the same person too. And it, it could not have a more like opposite messaging than like the first one did. It's that's also just like fucking deeply game. fucking. Yeah. Oh, honestly, it doesn't have a plot. It really no, doesn't no. have a plot. So, uh, do you guys know Brandon Steinecker? He was like in uh, yeah, he was in the used and now he's the drummer for Rancid. For Rancid. Uh-huh. Yeah. He, I remember at the time, like when they were trying to get this made, he was like pushing this on Twitter super hard, like the crowdfunded. Like I'm pretty sure most of the movie was crowdfunded. And I, 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 oh, it, I was, uh, asked it, him, it was Indiegogo. Yeah. Or yeah. Indiegogo. Yeah. And I was like, bro, why the, like, why do we need this? <laughs> why Nobody do we need does. a sequel to that no movie? One. Like, how could you have watched that movie and think like, oh, I need more from this? I yeah. Unless you're like, gonna have like Matthew Lillard come back and like actually like revisit his past, but like say he's a big shot lawyer in New York, comes back to Salt Lake and tries to like be come back in touch with his punk roots. Yeah. So tell me about just very briefly. Tell me like about like the movie because like again, I didn't okay. refuse to watch it. So. <laughs> Uh, the, you're, you're introduced once again yeah. by uh, Heroin Bob. Yes, he is yeah. dead. We acknowledge that. Nothing was retconned. Um, he talks about his son because apparently before but, he died, well, he impregnated Trish. But but it's also, it should be clear that like the entirety of the movie is essentially orchestrated and narrated and like just formed by the character of Heroin Bob in corpse makeup in like a fucking attic somewhere with an old TV that's like even older than he fucking is. It's like the just shittiest like, Glenn Danzig cosplay you've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, like it just like fucking sucks. Like the whole fucking yeah. thing is just like he's just like, you know, watching this TV from the 1940s for some reason and <laughs> the only like, thing I can think of is it, it was like a uh, it was rip off. You guys remember that show Titus like with like Christopher Titus? Yeah, like, yes. he used to have his like yeah. monologues in like a black and white room with like an old TV in it. Dude, I'm like you fucking ripped this off like wholesale. That's that sucks. But yeah, yeah like and also heroin Bob is not like heroin Bob. Like this guy is completely different. Like same actor, but yeah, same actor. But twenty years later, like heroin Bob is just an asshole. Like he has no like personality whatsoever. Besides, like look at my fucking kid. Look how weak he is. I'm just like, dude, what are you doing? You're nothing like what you were in the first movie. Yeah, like no, like too the, bad. The whole thing just like uh, I mean, like the. That whole thing too, it is also just like very clearly like we didn't have enough money to like shoot more than three or four sets. So we decided to like have heroin Bob's monologue like fucking tie it all together. Yeah, it either one, it happens in the car, so they just like film inside the car. Two, like where they're just like driving through Ogden Canyon, which I guess is a big deal. Like, what is he doing in Ogden? It's twenty minutes away. What what why? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why is that such a big plot? Um, two is in like the shop that like Trish is running, which is just like, none of this is necessary. Like why? Yeah. And like the third one is like the complex where they film like the, the punk scene at the end. Like those are your three sets. That's it. And it's just the one. What even then, like the, you know, in in comparison, like, so like the, you know, in the first movie, like they show like the punk show and it's like, at least like recognizable as like a fucking punk show. Like it looks kind of shitty. Like, you know, like you can jump back and forth, like, you know, like there's like, you know, people like stage diving and like, you know, like yeah. causing trouble and like whatever else. 
And the second movie, it's just like, it's very clearly like they spent the entirety of the fucking budget just to like have this fucking band play and have everyone like show up to this, like, you know, fucking show for, you know, six hours in order to like film everything. Anyway, uh, here's Wonderwall. <laughs> Dude, yeah. well, uh, that's kind of what bugs me. So like when I first thought about the concept, um, I mean, there's a lot to get into around like, so like that took place in 1985 there's like a lot that could be made out of like specifically the hardcore and like straight edge scene during the 90s in salt lake and early 2000s um because there really is like a pretty interesting dynamic here with like kids who don't want to do drugs and drink and stuff but clearly don't fit in with like the mormon culture around here that's why like there was such a large like straight edge organic was it, uh, the bro ship yep yeah, yeah absolutely yeah was, was that like uh because that was that was because i had uh i had an ex-girlfriend from arizona and she like dated a dude from the bro ship for a while yep and so like i actually like have some like indirect experience with like knowing like about the salt lake city like straight edge scene specifically yeah yeah and it got i mean like there were certain people like you know pretty high up on like uh wanted gang lists and certain things like that and like straight edge in particular here has like a pretty bad name because of like a lot of the violence that has taken place was... here and it was super and you know so something interesting that that's like a pretty it's kind of skipped over a little bit but like in in slc punk when he's talking about like that line that he says uh when when the British guy says, we'll never come back here. It's too violent. That was a really th a real, real thing that took place here for a really long time is that bands refused to come here because people would get beat up all the time. Bands would get jumped. Uh, guys in that were friends with the bands would get jumped. Like that was like, there were many bands who refused to come here. Have heart famously refused to play here because of uh, shit like that. So like, I think there would have been a lot of interesting things like I, I, I again calling it like a sequel or something like that is pretty fucking lame and I don't think needed to happen at all. No. Um, but if no. they're going to do it, they could have done something interesting and it sounds like they clearly didn't. It's at a all. 75 minute movie where you have at least three scenes of like five minute plus, which are just montages. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like the bowling scene is like 10 minutes long. There's nothing going on except for them like bowling and just like just doing like but it's ass. also like and like even that it, does, it doesn't make any sense because the whole part like i mean so like just so we're clear the whole plot of like the second movie is essentially just like uh heroin bob's like illegitimate son gets his heart broken and like grabs two punk friends of his and decides to like go to a show and like that's legitimately the and like and his mom gets worried like trish gets worried and like yeah. that's that's essentially the plot of the entire show like that that's not even like really or like the entire movie like that's not even really like glossing over anything like you know they like meet a black rastafarian on a street corner in utah <laughs> they all uh, smell each other's hair for 10 minutes and oh they, yeah and they all smell each other's <laughs> hair which like feels like a you know like weird fetish thing out of like i don't know twitter or somehow yeah it um, felt so like, i got really uncomfortable at that point too it was like how did you grow your braids? And it's like, oh, no, 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 yeah, no, like, no, 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 yeah. no. No, like, oh, all, you know, and like, there's like a weird subplot about like, uh, you know, um, heroin Bob's kid, like having some sort of like, you know, problem with alcohol, which like, I also feel like, and I don't know if this is like a common experience with people in other parts of the country, but like, 
definitely like as a kid, you grow up and you think like, oh, only my family has ever had like alcoholics in it. And then you grow up and then you realize that everyone has a family with a fucking alcoholic in it. Like it's really like not that exceptional. Like it's just kind of like a thing that happens. Like don't get me wrong. It can still like be terrible. And like, you know, those effects can be felt in like a multi-generational way, but like, yeah, it's not really like a, a unique trauma. And like, I don't know, like uh, so much of this, it just ends up being, and then they introduce, you know, like you're talking about before they introduce Sean and they just kind of like say like, oh, he went to rehab and then he got hired in the state Senate, I guess. It's Derek Kish's office hired him. Cause like in 2005, (laughs) in 2005, he's working at the Senate. There's a 50% chance he's working for Orrin Hatch. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know, man. And like, and like you, what, in 2005, correct me if I'm wrong, Jordan, that's either Bob Bennett or Orrin Hatch. Yeah, because I think like Bob the Bennett two was biggest a, pieces of shit to ever live. I think they said state senator, too. So, like, there's a good chance you, like, have one, like, one of, like, the token Democrats from, like, Salt Lake City hire him because I'm fairly certain he wouldn't be working for, like, a Todd Weiler type or something. <laughs> yeah. Man, but, well, but yeah, yeah, we should talk about, like, all the characters that came back, too, because sure. they only bring back, like, four people. They bring back Tr- Trish, who's nowhere near as cool as she was. She's not saying any cool, like, anti Wait, did they even mention shit. Steve-O at all? No, no. not at all. No, like, he, he just disappeared and doesn't exist anymore. Gone. Um, so you have Trish, who's just, like, running this, like, this, for some reason, like, like cyberpunk store or like, so her like hippie store turned into like like, a like curio store. shop which is like is like a thing and like i don't know salem like because like the entire fucking salem massachusetts economy runs on like pretend witch shit yeah it's but like, like yeah. it's not like a thing i don't think like in other parts of the country yeah it, it's all taxidermy bullshit or like steampunk stuff so if you want to get like yeah. goggles a top hat and like a stuffed squirrel you'd go to that store that'd be your one yeah it like, runs uh, a burning man store yeah pretty yeah, much like, yeah yeah well like i want a place where i can buy like a set of restraints that were used in an insane asylum at some point like you know. <laughs> uh oh, you also had man. sean we just mentioned too because he's working for like a state center he got clean and all that and which is really weird because they have that scene up by the Capitol too, where like the bike cop is like arresting. Somebody. Yeah, like, that also thing didn't make any sense. Like he's like run, and then he like gets on the bike and he gets pepper sprayed, and he just like like cycles away, but then doesn't, and then like throws the bike at the cop, and like if, if we learned anything from like Salt Lake City Police in like the last year, is that both of them would be dead. Yeah, yeah like <laughs> that's the thing is like you know just like at no point does the cop just like pull his gun shoot you know shoot steve oh and just like i don't know claim that he and then like put the gun in his hand make sure that like his fingerprints were on the trigger and then say like he went for his gun or something you know like yeah exactly oh by the way speaking of which i looked up some fun history today about solid city police uh the canine unit which is no longer allowed right now because of uh certain repeated attacks repeated racist attacks they couldn't on stop killing black people with dogs m- m- multiple civil rights violations yeah yeah, uh, yeah. apparently the canine unit was started up in the 1960s by cleon skousen which if you don't know who it no is that's fine way. yeah cleon skousen uh, is the same guy who wrote the naked communist um well dude. known in like right wing far right wing circles and especially like the cool. john birch society so it's good to know that uh our local police department has well-established right-wing ties, especially with Dude, parts that's of insane. Yeah, I had I, no idea. Yeah, I just saw them like, holy shit. So wow. that was cool. Okay. Yikes. So back to the worst movie I've ever seen. Uh, yeah. 
So like, I mean, the, yeah, like the whole thing is just like, you know, is it, that's really it. Like he just, you know, gets his heart broken, goes on this road trip, like, and, and to be clear, like heroin, Bob's son is just this like shitty pretentious goth kid. Yeah. Um, it's not even a far road trip too. It's Ogden Canyon. It's, yeah, literally, that's, it's an that, hour and sorry. a half drive. That's re- that's really the whole thing is that they're road tripping to somewhere that's 45 minutes away. They're going yes. from Ogden Canyon to the complex. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, honestly, they like, like they, they like take the long way, but like, that's like, that's it. Yeah. Like I've, I've gone up there plenty of times, like for like Spartan races and things like that. But like, like, Oh wow. We have to go see Nordic Valley. Let's go. But <laughs> it, it was just the dumbest thing. Like, and that's the plot point too. Also, I have to talk about Penny's dad. That is yeah. the most absurd thing I've ever that scene just is like I lost my mind at that one too because it's like you have to 53 have 53 minutes away. That's 42 miles. It's not bad at all. Like, oh, he's missing. He's been gone for 45 they, minutes. They made and, this and for like, the real they clearly made this for the real heads. Well, I was gonna oh, say, man. like, and like legitimately, like that's how long it takes in the movie, too. Cause like it's <laughs> yeah, like dude. it's like literally you're doing it in real time. It's like, what is that? That uh that fucking bus driver, like uh the fuck is the name of it it's like it's the fucking bus driver rom or like whatever that like you know Penn and teller yeah. did in like the yeah, 90s no, where they just about. like yeah, yeah, yeah. you it's know where they a, like a real time movie yeah yeah where they like played like the real time like bus driver that like where the bus is like constantly like slowly going to the right so you actually have to like pay attention to it and that's this fucking movie no, in a fucking re- nutshell it really is but like i have to talk about penny's dad okay so at one scene they stop at like a gas station to fill up and then like Penny, who's like the girl with uh, Ross, who's like who's like Heron Bob's son, along with Machine Gun Kelly for some reason. And I fucking which, hate that Machine Gun Kelly's in this movie. So okay, but like, but like, when did I was fully planning on watching this movie, and when I saw the cast list that included Machine Gun Kelly, I was like, "Fuck no, I'm not." That's <laughs> that the best decision like, I've heard. At what point did Machine? Gun Kelly become punk. Like I know it's a thing. I'm old. I don't give a shit. He's when, not. When he beat like with I remember like he used to rap about like being from Cleveland and then like got into like a spat with Eminem and then like all of a sudden he's like dressed like Johnny Rotten. Brutal. <laughs> Brutal. Okay, so Penny's dad, she's the girl in the group. She they stop off at this gas station because I don't know why I think they had to fuel up or something like that. But Penny's dad sees her and comes over and because we have to have like one insane father in this one too, because like we had in the first one, like everyone hates their dad, blah blah blah. But they have to make him irrationally insane because the things he says are actually kind of rational. Like, have you been drinking? Have you been drinking and driving? And she's <laughs> underage too, so it's like like any parent would be like, "What the fuck are you doing? You can't do this!" Like, yeah. I mean, and and in fairness, the first time I drove through Wyoming in 2009, I was really upset that you guys actually had implemented drunk driving laws at that point. I know it's bullshit, right? <laughs> you know, like and like through Utah and like Wyoming and like everything. I was like, I was really upset about that because I was really looking forward to being able to like drive through the middle of the country with a beer between my legs but That's apparently right. that was like i was robbed of that freedom i know it, it's That's also funny shame. too because they make like her dad look like this like big roughneck sort of like blue collar guy wearing like a sleeveless shirt and a big goatee so you're like you think he's white trash right but he's yeah. also driving a fucking range rover yeah i <laughs> oh fucking God. noticed that it wasn't like like i looked back at that afterwards and i was like was it that I miss it was like an was it an old Bronco or something like no 
No, I had to no, back it up because I thought like, yeah. no, no, no. There's no way it's just like this like bullshit sort of like. Because I'm thinking too, it's like if it's this like blue collar guy, even if he had money, oh he'd still God. be driving like an F-350 or something. Like he wouldn't be driving a yeah. fucking Range Rover. That's so weird. Oh my it's God. the guy from Orange County Choppers. Also, yeah. he just like full on just punches I her in the face. I met those guys. Well, like in a public oh, setting lovely. too. It's like, what? Well, then it's like. Standing on top of the hood of his fucking Range Rover, just like caving in the windshield and shit with like, with like her, you know, weird goth with, friends, with, like fucking Kane. Yeah, I guess. with Ross's dandy Kane. Yeah, with like, you know, like, cool. which is apparently Very able cool. to like withstand multiple hits to like a fucking like safety glass windshield. Uh, <laughs> Ross, Jesus. the guy who took all the wrong messages from Lolita ass. Yeah, I mean, like. <laughs> That so, whole thing I mean, was like it, fucking terrible. Oh. Sounds like I really missed out on a fucking gem. But anyway, it's they just... all come back together and everyone reconciles, and then Trish finally learns to let heroin Bob go. Yeah, it's oh, about that's closure. Oh well, and then God. like the whole movie too also just made me feel wicked fucking old because like where the original movie featured like the specials and the exploited and like yeah. Amni and whatever else, this was like you know rancid featured like you know like at least like two or three of the tracks on the fucking movie soundtrack. Yeah. Like which were like a movie like third lineup too, not even like the first one. Yeah. Like which, you know, for a movie that's only like 75 minutes long is like, you know, pretty fucking, you know, that's a, it's a fair portion of the movie at that point. And like, that was not, I just like, you know, it was like rancid, like Ben Weasel, like, I don't know. Like a they did play some new order. Is that right? I see. Did they yeah. play ceremony by new order? Okay. Yeah. I think at the very end, but I don't know. The I'm looking through did... this, uh, through this uh, um, soundtrack list. Yeah. Ugh. All right. Well, Jesus. God. So what we're trying to say is rent it, uh, review it. Um, <laughs> you yeah. know, like, uh, like and you subscribe. Know, like and subscribe. Uh, make sure you put a, you know, um, you know, review it on your IMDb account. Uh, you know, Rotten Follow Tomatoes, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. I mean. To close things out, like I, I like I was really glad I watched this again, and I'm glad that uh, again sp talking specifically about uh, SLC Punk. Not I'm, we're done talking about the fucking <laughs> whatever that other thing was. I still have another thirty minutes to talk about Sean and his uh, role in the Utah State Senate. If you guys are interested, yeah, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. No, but he, like he, I mean, he spearheaded a lot of uh, really important legislative uh, initiatives, <laughs> and I think we need to we need to recognize that he was actually the reason the camps were just bulldozed. Oh my god. <laughs> Jesus, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure. Sorry. I'm sure that's working out really well. Yeah, we for we him. even talk about like how Eddie is like a human trafficker now, or because <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We didn't. Yeah, he like created like a Suicide Girls like spinoff and like Jesus. Also a series of like burlesque clubs and like you know Salt Lake City. Because what the hell, man? Eddie thing. was Eddie was cool and like why? Oh yeah, Eddie God. was cool, but now he's like uh, he's like Utah's Jeffrey Epstein now lovely dude why the fuck did they do that to eddie he just drove a long just, he car started hanging out with terry richardson dude yeah. he drove the joe biden long car Man. yeah and then uh, uh johnny the mod like went on a mission and everything like that and then came back and realized wait, are you serious yeah like that's what according his lore is and they said like he resonated with a uh, with norwegian black metal because yeah with like and like they also like don't like really uh like you know extrapolate on the fact that like most Norwegian black metal ends up being like vaguely white supremacists. So they're yeah. like yeah. Oh, oh they're like, Oh yeah, like he like uh went there and because he was uh you know indigenous and was pissed off about the uh imposition of the Christian church, uh 
he that resonated with him, so he came back <laughs> and started God. a, but a that's black a, metal uh, shop. You could fucking make a movie about that though, too, because you you could yeah. talk about like how like you had like the the Indian like replacement program inside Utah where you took a bunch of Native American people and stuck them inside these schools all over the place, like Brigham City, for example, and then just displaced them from their families and all over hell and you placed it with Mormon families who a lot of cases used them like slaves. But yeah. oh don't worry, that ended in like the nineteen eighties. Don't worry about yeah, that. That's long gone. Long Why are you bring up old shit. Yeah. So yeah. I yeah, so like when Jordan like he first started watching this, he he was like at first felt like it didn't hold up well i think you changed your mind over, over oh yeah the course of the movie but i i was like oh man that would be a bummer if, if it didn't so i went back and watched it and i was like man i still really really like this movie and i think the fact that they did make a sequel and made it so uninteresting in 75 minutes or whatever is a huge bummer because um it touches on a lot of interesting things uh it's it's a really unique movie and i think it touches on a lot of interesting things that could be explored by like another movie potentially if people really wanted to do that like it could have been done in a way that was uh actually dug into some interesting themes and contradictions about this place that we live and uh yeah it just is a huge bummer yeah this was was just the laziest film i've ever seen in my life it's just like (laughs) it's fan service the movie that's all you can really say and that's that shit is so stupid i mean like you would really think that somebody I, i mean i guess i don't really know why the people who made that movie the second one liked the original if they just liked oh it's like punk people in salt lake i like well the original though they probably didn't make the original for money i think it debuted at sundance it's, it wasn't it couldn't have been that much of a cash grab and it made, but, it made like it, it made like, like three hundred fifty thousand dollars yeah. yeah and it had like a thirty thousand dollar budget yeah, yeah so it's like like at, at some level you would expect that somebody made that movie like for a reason that wasn't just like oh look at funny punks in salt lake city like so i would have expected there to be like a deeper exploration on some level by a follow-up but apparently that's uh just absolutely not what happened that's no you honestly but- like almost verbatim have the same speech that brandy gives steve-o in the first film when ross runs on stage but he does it in like a j- drunken manner too he's like all you punks are the same you all wear the same thing you all do and then he gets his ass kicked which is like pretty much standard, good but and i you know i backed that uh <laughs> yeah, actually but- the only part about the second movie that i backed was uh heroin bob's son getting his ass kicked which um, like as somebody who was i was living in salt lake city at the time in 2005 a kid who looked like jack white like <laughs> playing an extra in bridgerton Dude, would like that's absolutely get the shit kicked out of him oh yeah i mean show, like yeah. daily yeah i mean like same like you know if like dude showed up at like you know like a guns up show or like a blood for blood show in boston in like fucking 2005 like yeah he would have like just gotten his fucking scalp ripped off and like tossed in the fucking street. I mean, like, there's a reason why even fucking Moby got jumped because like you know he like, you know like he was like in a fucking hardcore band back in the day and then fucking sold out. Like, you know, no fucking you know I don't know. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Man, None of that shit. I'm glad you mentioned Guns Up. I love Guns Up. I mean MVHC, you know. It's... Yes, sir. Just because he looked like little Lord Fauntleroy doesn't mean like he wasn't gonna he wasn't cool or punk or anything like that. Uh, yes, it does. Okay, uh, that's true. Uh, I, I want to be. I want to very explicitly put it on the record that that <laughs> actually makes him not cool. Uh, oh, like, like I could just imagine this kid going to like an SLC, like legit hardcore show with like a bunch of like vegan straight edge kids. 
like the type of dudes who are now like like for example like one of my friends from high school his brother is literally serving life in prison because he bombed a local meat factory yeah <laughs> which is like very much a th- like that's the kind of shit that like the vegan straight edge yeah uh, scene in salt lake did on a very regular basis and it's why a bunch of them like landed on the fbi's most wanted list they were they were the murdered scene motherfuckers yeah they were the murdered and then barbecued this little dandy like kilby court or something (laughs) like in the fire pit at kilby court yes just just spit roasted him and just yeah (laughs) which is just an oil drum sawed in half i love that oh man Uh, what a shitty movie <laughs> okay, but let's not let that overshadow. The first one is really good. The first is really good. The first good. one's great. You okay. should watch the first coming one. Of age story. Yeah, you yes. should watch the first one and never acknowledge anything past that. Yeah, it never happened. The to... second one it never happens. It's we so all easy. like got like officially now got like the Men in Black like memory eraser. Never happens. <laughs> I I need that because honestly it overshadowed the first one because I couldn't just like forget about like how much of a piece of shit it is. Shots, you watched the the first one again after watching the second one, right? To yeah, because I I so I I have a couple friends who almost ended up in the second one as extras, like at yeah. the fucking show scene. Oh, no, and uh, like they didn't end up doing it because like one of them uh, is like you know I have a like my friend out in Reno and then another friend who like ended up like marrying a dude and I think having a kid and like lives somewhere in Salt Lake. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, no, I like had never seen the second one before until today. <laughs> and watched it and then it was so fucking terrible that i went back and watched the first one just like to take the fucking taste out of my mouth because it yeah. was fucking just like <laughs> the worst possible fucking thing i think honestly but like like i said before like if you couldn't get matthew lillard for this one because he's not really the most busy person ever like that right. should be your warning sign right there like this is a horrible piece of shit stay away. yeah like i don't think they're gonna make a scream seven <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they even tried to bring Jamie Candy back for that one for like Scream Four. It's like I made a videotape just to give you guys rules, just in case. Oh my god! Yeah, or like, right. and like, you couldn't even like get like, you know, like Steve-O to like do like an intro. Like, you know, you could have paid him like twenty thousand dollars just such to, like, a bummer. Just yeah. to, like show up for like ten minutes and like just like do like an intro setup, and you can even make that happen. Like that should have been like a fucking like sign. No, you need yeah. hair and Bob in Purgatory. It's like if you try to do like a Boston movie and you can't even get Casey Affleck. Like, I mean, like at that point, like, you know. Fun connection. Uh, Brandy from the first film was Summer Phoenix, who is Joaquin Phoenix's uh, sister, also married to Casey Affleck for like 11 years. What the hell? Yeah. I, I, I blacked out halfway through you saying that. I just oh, yeah. To be like, I just want to be clear on that so, one. Yeah, I had to, I, you said Casey Affleck, so I was like, I have to link this somehow. So That's fair enough. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> Well, um, man, I think that's that's all we got to say. Shocks, do you have anything uh, you want to plug other than just your existence? No, I mean, I, ex- I exist on Twitter. I've existed on Twitter for, Jesus, like fucking 14 years. April now, 2007, like, I just saw yeah, it. Yeah, no, I... We don't, we don't I pay like, attention to those dates. Come on. It, it's yeah, just I'm, depressing. I'm, like, I'm one of the first few million people to like join on Twitter because I like apparently hate myself. Uh, I, I remember I, like a couple years ago, I got like that notification I used to give you to. I was like, you've been on Twitter for 10 years. I'm like, I'm yeah, this is just I, giving me suicidal I'm gonna ideation. This, yeah. So I need to, you know, and, yeah. And then, like then I loaded around in the chamber and put the, put the barrel in my mouth. But, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I, uh, 
I'm a, you know, I mean, as, as everyone who's probably listening to this probably knows I'm a, I do a regular guest spot on hell of way to die and also on lines led by donkeys because I'm their, uh, uh, earthwell concierge. So I just kind of like show nice. up and, uh, everyone hates my accent, but not enough to kick me off. So, you know, I mean, uh, friend you know, of the pod, Joe Kasabian, shout out. Yeah. 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 yeah friend Joe's of the, great. yeah. I mean, Joe's great. I mean, uh, you know, for an Armenian. Uh, just, okay. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh Sorry. my god! Well, Fair since enough. we're all—I mean, since we're all in Adidas tracksuits, like we're heavily yeah, I mean, Italian, and we yeah. know about the the Italian Armenian conflicts. I mean, we're, yeah. we're we seem more like Slavic right now more than anything. That's so, right. I mean, we're we're here. We're we're squatting. Uh, we're we've got our bakpas on. Um, you know, we we all have a full handle of vodka in our hands. And uh, we're wishing you the best um, and uh, hoping that you get your Afghanistan conquest badge uh, in the mail sometime soon. And there you have it. All right. Thanks for joining us. Bye. <laughs> has died away. I don't believe a word they say. Sing for tomorrow, sing for today. We all need a little punk rock and roll. The world needs a little punk rock and roll.